welcome back to the Couch Command, uh, where we're doing a journey through geekness. Uh, this uh, time around, we're just doing kind of like a shooting from the hip geek talk. We're, there's like a lot that's happened, a lot of movies, a lot of nerd news. So we're just going to like go through what has happened since uh, our last podcast. With me today, I have MJ. Greetings and salutations, and another thought brought by our friend Solomon Short. And it's probably more apropos for the situation with the strikes right now. The most important invention in the history of the human race is the written contract. It makes it possible for individual parties to list all the different ways they distrust each other. <laughs> nice one. Also today we have Isaac from the Lobstermatic Reviews YouTube channel. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Right on, man. And Kid Mystery joins us again. Yo, yo, yo. All right. So, um, who wants to start? What's been going on in nerdness? Uh, I would like to kick it off with um, what I think is the death knell of the MCU, or at least the the, the cutting of it. Um, Secret Invasion. Oh, <laughs> uh, you think that's gonna be the death knell? Really? I don't think it's the death knell, but here's. What I think, I think it's like uh, to, to me, it's, it feels like um, the, the prelude to the collapse. I feel like the mini collapse is going to be uh, the Marvels, and I think the, the double thing of Marvels and maybe the Echo Show, which is supposed to come out, that's going to be kind of become the um, uh, the long dark night of the soul, where like all the stuff that's like because like oh, God, uh, there's this. I was just I wanted to share this with you guys. So there's this podcast. Uh, from this, like, there's this famous writer from, like, the Harry Knowles day of, like, uh, internet movie blogging, mm-hmm. uh, Devin Farazzi. He had a long and interesting career. He was canceled, and now he, like, writes mainly on Patreon, and he does a podcast with his brother called Marvel Vision. And he's sort of like a former edgelord come, like, trying to embrace, uh, you know, sort of, uh, progressive politics. So, of course, he's, like, a, a long-time comic book reader. He's like, oh, I love the MCU. I love the direction it's taking. Uh, so they do a podcast called Marvel Vision. And the funniest thing was like seeing him try and defend the show while his brother's like, uh, this feels like a mess. This feels like the end of superheroes. I know we, we love it. We grew up with this. But this isn't good. Uh, stop trying to defend it. And he, he like hit upon something that like, uh, uh, something I, I've been like bugging the craw of my mind for the longest time of phase four is that like a lot of the phase four projects, they all hint that like they're going to go somewhere. Or they have a tease, but the, like unlike the, the like phase one where it's like, oh shit, uh, Iron Man two is talking about Thor's hammer. Uh, here comes Thor. Uh, oh, here's Captain America's mentioned. Oh, here's Captain America. Um, none of the shit that has ever been established has, has like been built upon. Like like my my favorite example is like you know the giant uh etern- you know the giant celestial that's in the set center of the ocean from the Eternals, and and it's like uh, okay Uh, this is like the worst kind of reveal because it's like so big that you should be expected to be like referenced in every other thing, but so far it really hasn't everything should be about that thing sticking out of the planet right now, like after that and it's the best we Oh, sorry. Two things about two things about that. Um, one, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not the timeline in Phase Four has actually been linear, because mm-hmm. it, it's been all over the place. Because you're right, that something else by now should have referenced the huge hand and the huge head sticking out of the Earth randomly, okay. and the whole planet shaking like it's going to explode. But then 
Now you just got random body parts hanging out of the earth now. It just looks like it left over from a uh, Morty cartoon. Um, oh, sorry, we'll finish it. The, the other rumor is that uh, the new Captain America movie with Anthony Mackie and um, Harrison Ford is actually supposed to start referencing that finally. Uh, so... I hope they've got a really good story fucking pitch for that because, uh, like, so far we've only gotten referenced in like a, a, a like thing for She-Hulk, and I think the worst part is that, um, like, what are the incredible story possibilities of this giant thing that's sitting there? Like, like, well, what new story? You know, people are going to go there and open a tourist trap. Uh, you're going to have boats visit there. Someone's going to try and start a new nation. This hasn't like created a new thing where it's like, oh my god. I can't wait to see this. Uh, it's, just, it's like, it's, oops, sorry. It's it's probably going to be a resource thing. And you remember, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, they were harvesting resources from the head of that celestial that became nowhere. So somebody's probably going to go, "Hey, look, there's something else we can tap for resources, and it'll become a new arms race around the world for who can control those resources from the celestial poking out of the Earth." I was thinking hey, it'd be a good trigger a good for. Uh, it'd be a good trigger for the uh, X-Gene. Like, um, its awakening unlocks the X-Genes around the planet. Ah! Uh, uh, and then, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, break it down for its resources or make it like, you know, like a, a, a mutant um, uh, island or something like that. Well, but yeah, but like, it, it goes with what you're saying, Isaac. Make do something. The was in X-Men. <laughs> Wait, yeah, but, I do. But, the main thing. Real quick, the main thing though is to do something with it. Like, yeah, they keep on showing these characters. They sh- they stand up. This happens, happens, but like, it's never to the next thing. It just kind of exists. So, uh, do you, y'all want some uh, inside information or sure? You'll find you, you've got like something from like you know the Marvel Studios Reddit or, or something. You just, let me just finish that thought though before you get the information. Yeah, please. Because uh, yeah. like oh, I got so many branches. So so you've got that. Uh, you've got oh the Black Knight's gonna appear. Oh Hercules is gonna appear. All these stupid threads that just seem like going nowhere. Uh, teases for other movies that don't seem to be in development. Characters who are supposed to appear and other things like i guess the uh secret invasion wandavision marvels is kind of interconnected but it's not integrated in a way that's like really super compelling like seeing secret invasion does not make me super excited to see the marvels uh seeing wandavision did not get me oh yeah white vision when's white vision gonna gonna come and do something it's just all these spiraling story threads that just don't seem to be adding up or going to any leading to any place interesting and uh you, you know you've got the failed multiverse uh, saga and th- that fucking loki 2 trailer you know I-, I maybe i'd be excited about that maybe that would be fun if you didn't spend the, the six episodes telling me that the tva is evil mm. <laughs> that was the whole purpose we of, the, of the, the stupid uh the loki version the loki show is that the tva is bad so why do i want to see more adventures of the tva well, now we reset it. Like, we don't know if they're bad at they're all bad. anymore. They, they, the bad guy, they, they, they were bad to begin with, and now they, 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 it ended with the last season where, oh shit, uh, Kang is controlling them, and they have a big Kang exactly. statue. <laughs> okay, well, it's so. Not Kang, it's a Kang variant, so you don't know the exact. We have complete. Yeah, we, have complete, we, were, we were at zero, well, and that's what they want, I think. Does wipe the slate clean and 
we don't know what's going to happen from there. But um, you, once again, like the, the the baseline of what you're saying is completely correct. With, um, but I, I I don't think the collapse is coming. I think like you know we're still like in a in a, in a dark age, and we just like I, I like I think it's saying it, I said before they need to find those one or two like hot shot directors who are like let me take care of this and then get us back on track. Like I feel like they always have enough money that they can fuck up until they don't. Well, that's why I, I hate to agree with anything Bob Iger has said because he's a massive dickhead. Mm-hmm. But um, but he's a very successful dickhead. Um, he pointed out how the MCU and Phase Four just kind of vomited all this content out and they diluted their own product. And like, yeah, you're kind of right. They diluted their own product massively because you know all the previous phases, like Phase One, was like twelve hours of content. Phase Two was twelve hours of content. Phase Three was like twenty four hours total of content. Ending with Endgame. There was 58 hours of content in Phase 4 alone. Damn, dude. So how the hell is anybody going to be interested to keep following all that and going crazy having to set up a murder board on their wall trying to keep all the connections <laughs> together and figure out who's on first, what's on second, why are we even here? And you, you're going to lose your audience. And that is the biggest problem with Phase 4. They lost their audience because they lost themselves. They've got two... They, through too much in there, they're going after too many plot threads. They should have just got the multiverse out of the way, then go after the galactic angle, then bring in all the Fox properties. I mean, that should have been the entire point of the multiverse saga in the first place was, hey, we bought back all the other Marvel properties from Fox, now we're going to just kind of trickle them in. That should have been the priority first. Then proceed. Well, well so Kid Mystery, to, to tell us the, the behind-the-scenes things uh, before we continue further on, on wh- whether or not the Marvel is, is going to fall apart. Um, so, from what I've heard, um, this is the leaks and rumors. So, on the first point of uh, that uh, Celestial thing, apparently, uh, it seems like you are hitting the nail on the head, all of you. Uh, apparently, that uh, is going to be a resource that all the governments are going for, and that's going to relate to not only Captain America, but uh, Thunderbolts. Um, apparently, the island will be called Krakatoa Island, and this is going to be re- mined for adamantium. And that is how they're doing it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Alright, alright. Uh, okay. like, hey, something. As opposed to just, like, maybe forgetting that it ever happened. Which it oh. felt like they're well, going to well, do. What does that have to do with the multiverse? I think that that's the other thing that like really uh, sucks is, is the multiverse saga uh, just feels all over the place. And when it really should have just been new new beginnings. Um, the MCU uh, has been changed irrevocably. There is a whole le- there's an Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor sized hole. Who is going to take it up? And, and then just a bunch of origin stories of these new heroes uh, be being rising up to face the new challenge. That that, that should have been it. And then Phase Five should have introduced the multiverse saga, to introduce all the Fox properties, introduce other um, universes, and, and then I guess. Phase six is the the Neo Avengers, the uh, the diverse Avengers that uh, rectifies the wrongs of uh, uh, what you would call it, the more white bread uh, Avengers, the Wonder Bread Avengers of uh, Phase one through four or three, uh, and then uh, you know leads to Secret Wars. I wonder. Uh, I think uh, Wolverine versus Deadpool is going to be a mad hit, and I wonder what that might change. Like, 
when they start to chase, uh, try to chase that, like, what will that bend in the MCU towards Deadpool and Wolverine? Like, will that? I, I, I kind of like, I'm kind of like hoping or wondering, like, will that be like the, the spark that reignites in the MCU? Well, they'd have to put it back in the schedule because it just came out yesterday that Deadpool three was pulled from the Marvel release schedule. Oh my god! What? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait! We're not getting it this year. Oh wait, we're mm-hmm. supposed to. I don't think we were. We were getting it this year. I mean, the earliest we would have been. No, it was coming year. out this year. Be, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, it was scheduled to be coming out May third, twenty twenty four. But I saw an article passed through yesterday that uh, had been pulled from the schedule. Oh. I- find it now. Yep. Something I just realized. Something I just realized, Keith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait until you hear what season two of Loki's about. You're gonna <laughs> Oh Ooh, you're gonna dude. if you uh if you uh disliked uh like the story focusing on Sylvie, um no. I don't I don't want to burst the bubble but uh ooh <laughs> I thought they were gonna fix that. Like I was I was like sure they would yeah, do you, that. Do you want to hear a little bit from what uh, I've heard? I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, let's go wild, man. Uh, All right. From what I hear, uh, the Kang reveal was basically a nothing burger. Uh, Timely Victor is, like, the only, like, Kang person going to be there, and he's not even the main villain. It's going to be all focused on uh, <laughs> Sylvie being the main villain. Wait, it, it, uh, it's going to be focused on who? Sylvie being the main villain, like an older version of Sylvie, like, oh, from the future. That's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, the, the, the point, the, my problem was that, like, Loki wasn't the main character in his own show. Sylvie was. But if we get Loki to be the main character versus a formidable Sylvie, that sounds interesting and fun. Well, Sylvie is also still there as yeah. the younger version. So she, she might still have a... She's, she's going to be good. Huh? Yeah, um, I haven't heard on that, but maybe. I, I just remember... Uh, uh, evil future version of Sylvie being bad, and uh, Kang, the Kang whole Kang thing is just kind of a nothing burger. Alright. That's, uh, uh, so that, that was uh, uh, a complete waste of the fucking time. Uh, and uh, it got to, of, like well, years <laughs> of trailers. So it do, feels do, like it's been years. So, so do you guys, are you guys, what did you think of Secret? We've been talking a lot about Marvel. What, what did you think of Secret Evasion? I know you're a little bit sympathetic towards it, Keith. Uh, we talked a little bit on uh, the Messenger app about it. Yeah. Alright, so Secret Invasion for me, I. Like, it's just a Marvel TV show, so my expectations are, like, through the floor. Like, I'm, like, fine with almost whatever they do. Um, I've been trying to find out why people are freaking out so much. Like, uh, yeah, even if they mess up, it's kind of like, it's just like a Marvel TV show. It's a side story. Who cares? Um, and, like, the the reviews that I keep seeing feel like they really wanted to have, like, an in-game level of, like... Um, epic feeling of it versus what it was. Like it has a lot of flaws in it, lots. But to me, it's just a TV show. Yeah, so I can't get upset, upset about it. I didn't find it too flawed. It just seems meh at this point. I mean, it'd be a barely entertaining Netflix series. Mm-hmm. If it was released during that era. Yeah, um, <laughs> barely entertaining. Yeah, like it's it, it just like it wasn't like it wasn't so it wasn't hatefully stupid or insulting. It was just kind of yeah, it was fine. It was eh, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I'm getting a little tired of uh, our broken old heroes trope, and you know, 
Fury came back from the blip and was so disappointed in himself that he didn't see that coming and he couldn't have stopped it himself. I'm like, oh, for f- <laughs> really? Yes. Again, what was he gonna again. do? Was he gonna grow superpowers only? Was he gonna take the super soldier serum and stop Thanos himself? What I thought that was would... going to happen. Like, <sighs> so I, I I do dislike once again like the, 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 with um with black characters you always gotta do something wrong. It feels like and like uh, Samuel Jackson doesn't get to have a true showdown with his enemy of his show. It's uh Gaia. Yeah. She gets it and she kills him. And in a way that doesn't make any sense. And you're like, uh, yeah. After she went through the OP machine. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, like, I went, when, like, you know, like, uh, they, he caught the fist. I was like, did Nick Fury just give himself all the powers? Okay. That's going to be weird. And they, oh, no, it's Gaia. Oh, all right. You know. Yeah. Except at that point, you're like, oh, wait, that's not him. That's a scroll. It's got to be Gaia. Yeah, it's Gaia. Okay. Yep. Of course. Sure. Yeah. But the only real entertainment I got out of Secret Invasion was Olivia Coleman because I love Olivia Coleman. She is the sweetest lady, and she will, she'll kill you on, on sight. She's fantastic. <laughs> she's a lot of fun. Uh, what do you know her from? Uh, she's been a BBC staple for years, and she's been she pokes over and does a production here here and there over on the, the side of the pond. But yeah, I've been watching her for the last ten fifteen years, and she's just a great. I love her. Kid, oh, kid, mystery. What's your feelings on Secret Invasion? Well, you and me have, uh, I believe, like, during the vacation we did, uh, talked about uh, Secret Invasion. Well, you had the uh, more sympathetic approach. I had the more, oh, please. Take him down. Take him down. (laughs) I'm surprised you guys are being so nice. Uh, Go first, and then I want to rip into it. All right. So why exactly are we having one of the uh, biggest comic events uh, be, like, essentially a side mission that has no real matter except, like, introducing just OP character? Like, really, this had nothing to do with anything. Like, you think this would be an Avengers-level threat, but, or heck, even, like, uh, like this, it would seem like a setup to a something. Like, it maybe, is. like, secret... It isn't. It is yeah, not. Yeah, because, wait, no, no, there's... Because, like, uh, we have Avengers Secret Wars coming up. Yeah, Secret Wars is... Okay, Keith, I'm telling you, there's <laughs> no <laughs> way this <laughs> thing is gonna... <laughs> Secret Wars. Yeah, there's <laughs> no way. There's no what's way. going on? Listen, no, they, they had. One percent explain that at the get go. He wanted to take him out because he had. He thought it had to be a covert way to get them subverted without getting the whole world up in a tizzy and you know involving Avengers and making it a big spe- spectacle. Well, my thing is, I think it could have been just so much greater if they like. Okay, imagine this. Instead of like the mediocre mess show we got, imagine right. this. Okay, right. We have this show. We have it be set up like it's. Way more instead of like having this weird mishmash of spectacle Marvel bullshit and uh, uh, and uh, secret like uh, Winter Soldier stuff, it's all just Winter Soldier uh, tone. It's Nick Fury going around and then discovering this massive plot, and it doesn't like it doesn't resolve any uh, like stuff. It sets up for a actual Avengers movie, Secret Evasion, and this is just like the preamble, and it shows like. Uh, how like the scrolls have been secretly involved with like governmental stuff. It uh, connects to Black Panther too with uh, uh, all the governments like uh, like how uh, uh, in Black Panther two, uh, Namor and uh, Black Panther uh, and uh, Wakanda is like connected together, and like how significant uh, connections. Like, yeah, significant. Like, like, like when like when the so happens, like the we're not getting random submarine nuke attack or or random like. <laughs> Uh, town uh, for scrolls that we'll never see we haven't seen before you want to hear like in this movie secretly behind the scenes and then 
like this character was that and and have some fun with it versus the self-contained they're just kind of like doing a golf swing of yeah uh, like a bad version of 24 in the MCU universe like it, I kind of like that. It, t- it could have coattailed off of a uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, the, you know, without borders and the whole world trying to figure itself out after coming back from the blip and feeding in the Black Panther two and Secret Invasion and having most of the world governments subverted by uh, or infiltrated by scrolls. Yeah, that could have been interesting. Yeah, like essentially just like the government's bad, but like uh, it's been like manipulated uh, into a way that because of the scrolls, and then we just have for the Avengers event. I'm suggesting. We just essentially have like, uh, uh, like uh, secret invasion. Like uh, the governments are bad. They're uh, but they're controlled by the scrolls, and they're like hunting down heroes. We don't know, and heroes are being like framed, or like uh, like scrolls are like uh, impersonating heroes, just like in the comics. We have like this whole big invasion. It's a big thing. It's what it's a it's a Avengers movie, but it's not like galactic multiversal size. It's like a intermediate movie. Uh, intermediate threat level, but it feels big because there's so many connecting points and so many mm-hmm. just sabotage. And so, and it'll be such a good end to a phase four instead of having like we have the multiverse saga, we have the X Men saga, we have every saga, we have everything we're doing all at once. We're setting up all these threads, Young Avengers, everything. We just have one like uh, through line of just like a good Avengers movie where it's uh, the threats aren't uh, so big, but it feels big to the audience. It could have mm-hmm. been such a good end to like a phase four or phase five thing but right. no it's what secret evasion is is a spin-off show that uh has little connection but uh just sets up some uh cool spectacle uh heroes that can play a big feature in uh, uh a wide shot of uh a bunch of other superheroes and that's about it like it just feels so disappointing from what we could have gotten and okay. i just feel like it's just it's just uh I see and, his place setting for Avengers Secret War. Uh, no, <laughs> no. I, I don't see how you see that. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah, why would the Secret yeah. War is like supposed to be like Kang is supposed to be like the big uh, place setter for the Secret War? Yeah, um, and also all the uh, Fox like uh, all the like resources they got. Oh, I mean, I hear like geez. I hear. I see. Wait, wait, I see what's going on. Wait, my confusion was that Secret Wars is that comic book that I read where you take a whole bunch of heroes to like battle planets. Right. Yeah. Okay. It has nothing to do with secret yeah, invasion. Yeah. 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 I, I can see. Yeah. Confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought was going on. I'm like, yeah. I thought like secret invasion. Cool. Yeah. And then like I always thought it was weird that we were having King Dynasty and then Secret Wars is like, why are we doing King Dynasty and a, and a scroll back to back Avengers? That's gonna be odd. Okay. Now it's a little more clear. And also, while I'm still not as bothered, it is now completely a, a wasted opportunity. Like this was secret invasion. I thought, like I said, I thought we were set. I thought this was all set up, but this was their secret invasion. Like this was yeah. set up to do the real one, which is what I thought was happening. Uh, no, it is a waste because it was like a really good event level storyline that you could have built um, mm. an Avengers level story around, uh, but to just do it as like a little side mission, and it's, it's like all the worst aspects. It's like kind of like you know uh, the espionage, but not as good as Winter Soldier. It's not as smart as it thinks it is. Uh, it also has the disadvantage of um, 
the scroll, you know, tries to, uh, it are, we already set up that the scrolls are, ooh, they're sympathetic, the refugee surrogates. Uh, they look kind of dumb and goofy, so it's honestly easier for it to be sympathetic towards them than to turn them into bad guys. Uh, but this tries to have its cake and eat it too by like, oh, there are good scrolls and bad scrolls, but it's not really uh, very good at setting up a morally gray conflict. Mm. Uh, it doesn't resolve anything, and is that scene where... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the president reveals that there are scrolls and vigilantes go around shooting oh people, and that—that's the end of the—and that's the end of the goddamn show. That should have been the middle. Yeah. That should have been your rising action where everything's falling out of control. And Nick Fury just goes into space to fuck off after leaving in a world where everyone's basically tearing each other apart, and, and, and there's no cohesive and order, and it's basically just like this semi-justified hate crime. Okay, so I think um, it's going to be then. The follow-up is going to happen in Captain America: Brave New World. And not from what I hear. <laughs> Let me see I'm here. sorry, Keith. No, it's cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. No, honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, the the, honestly, the biggest thing that bothers me is the director stating after the show ended, "Yeah, Rhodey's been a scroll since the end of Civil War." I'm like, oh yeah. oh yeah, they better really? not say that. Oh, I mean, said. well, you know, know what's going to happen. That's what that director said. We haven't right. heard an official word yet, and well, you better think hard on this, because, like, there's going to be a lot of black people who would be very mad that Rhodey didn't get to participate in the final battle, and then, like, there's also, like, uh, hints where, like, Rhodey uh, has been bleeding red uh, since Civil War, so it wasn't planned if they're doing it, they're retconning. Uh, well, okay, so you know what's going to happen, right? Kevin Feige is going to keep silent, wait until uh, what audience agrees is good or not, and then whatever the director intended for it, they're going to make it so that uh, they're going to say, oh, it was the entire plan all along. He was uh, uh, gone since uh, Avengers Endgame. We didn't totally plan it the other way where he's gone since Civil War. We love the audience. It's going to be a, a, essentially a Schrodinger's box of uh, whether or not the audience likes it or not. They did the same thing for like a um, the Avengers Endgame time travel uh, 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 Captain America thing. They're going to do it the same thing for this. It's essentially just going to be uh, uh, like see how the audience like it, likes it and if uh, we agree, bada bing, bada boom. Alright. I, I just think they're going to forget about it. Uh, like I think that like you had the ultimate encapsulation of everything that the uh, Chudiverse fears uh, about the MCU in that like screen with uh, Amelia Clark with the, the Drax arm, uh, which was so impossibly stupid. Uh, I, I, it, it's just like a laughable image. It's, it's sort of like, uh, and you, you could just tell that they, they were like so self satisfied. This is the scene every MCU fan never thought they'd get to see every power on screen. On Amelia Clark, everybody. It's Amelia on Clark. Clark. Oh, you man. like and like uh, things that didn't even make sense, like you know, oh, she's gonna have the ebony maws for f- ring fingers. Yes. That's how he gets his power. <laughs> it's just, and she's also really Captain Marvel too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. it's just like, hey, let's introduce the, the, the most powerful being in the entire MCU, never to see who we will never talk about again. I wonder. Uh, no, she's she's working with the MI six now, so she's actually under control of the Brits. So maybe that's going to be a lead uh, into Excalibur. Ah. 
<laughs> I hope. What? I don't care at this point. I honestly do. I, I have no intention of watching any more comic-related movies the rest of the year. I'm burnt out. <laughs> oh, I'm just what about Blue Beetle? <laughs> oh, man. I feel that bad. One. Oh, God. I, I feel, feel so bad, bad about Blue Beetle. Um, oh. Like, I am a huge fan of uh, Cobra Zolo. Kai. Yeah, and Zolo. I I should be supporting him. Like, I'm with that guy. He's He's, I, I love his show, but uh, man, unfortunately, like, no one cares about Blue Beetle, though. It's, it's hard like, to want to see audience. You, you know what sank Blue Beetle, or what's going to sink any ambition for anyone to see Blue Beetle? Hmm. The Flash. All the goodwill was sucked <laughs> up by The Flash. That's the greatest comic book movie ever. Come see Monkey <laughs> Keaton back in the cape and cowl. This is going to be great to fight Ezra Miller's off-screen issues. Yeah. And then, oh, it's so tanked. Oh, it was almost satisfying to see how it tanked because of all the. Uh, I mean, I, I, I watched I, it again after it hit digital. It, it's it really like we were all talking after the movie. It really wasn't as bad as we all thought it could have been. I mean, it wasn't nearly nearly as good as all the pre movie hype was. But yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, it's got some like. Like, uh, you know, Phil Minto, his YouTube channel, pointed out some glaring flaws that, like, I can't deny happened. Like, like they wasted Callie so hard. Like, Supergirl oh, didn't really yeah. do anything. She didn't turn any tides. I guess she got, she, we, we got her back to fly the Flash into Lightning and get him back. So that's cool. But, yeah, like, I, the, the, I wanted their team up to result in a victory. Like, you have these new elements side by side together, and that's what puts them over the top. It's not like you do this all so you find out that you can't win. I, uh, but like, I, I, I enjoyed um, messing with me like that. Even like the the messiness of it, and the um, a thing I love very much, uh, which uh, was called like the toy box thing. You you dump your toy box out. You have a mishmash of toys. And you do a story with them. I love it when you do that. So the Flash. Uh- Gets a thumbs up for me for the most part. I was trying to figure out how it was possible for Barry to go back in time to save his mom when that was maybe when that was probably around the time that Bruce was 20, 25 years old and was at the beginning of his career in Gotham as Batman, how that would have affected him being coming into the same timeline and change it from oh, yeah, like over to Keaton. Not at all. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's- it, they, 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 it's just a member berry. Just, just spamming. Yeah, they're just spamming it. Uh, um, I, I did really talk real quick about uh, um, another thing that's Disney related: the vacation that me and Kid Mystery went on, and our um, experience at Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah, we did do yeah. that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Galaxy's Edge. Um, it, so there's uh, the weirdness I noticed was how much they downplay Luke Skywalker imagery and push Princess Leia imagery. Like, it was everywhere and aggressive and interesting. And the only time you'd hear Luke was in, like, uh, verbal things. So, like, we go to the uh, lightsaber building, and they mention uh, the heroes and whatnot, and Luke Skywalker is where you only... That's, like, the only time you hear his name or his presence be done, like, with reverence, but elsewhere, like physically in in the park, they really do a hard. They they do, they do a hard job to make sure that you don't notice Luke Skywalker anymore, but you want to see Leia now. Well, you know what? 
Well, you yeah. know why that is. It's because uh, it, mostly little girls for the uh, princesses uh, yes. go to Disney, and well, Leia is a princess. I'll say so. that, yeah, yeah that, that it's a Disney princess world, but like that's money on the table. Like you have Star Wars fan in your midst, and you could take, and like most of them are Luke Skywalker fans, so well, they're just well, not trying even. Most old generation uh, Star Wars fans, we're talking about like little kids, Keith, or at least uh, at least thirteen year olds at the max, or I'll say a majority. The I'll say the 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 kids of my friends who do Star Wars, they are fans of Luke Skywalker. But are they well, more fans of Luke Skywalker, or are they more fans of uh, prequels and uh, the general like? Uh, Omniversal characters like Chewbacca, C3PO, uh, R2D2, like those uh, characters that will just stay in every generation of Star Wars because I'll say it's scattered all over the place, but like you can see, like through merchandise that does sell that they keep bringing back and putting on shelves or in ads that Luke Skywalker is a main selling thing. Like he is, he, he, he's like the hero that introduces all to you know the world, like he's he would sell. So to me, it does seem like it's, it just feels like that weird Kathleen Kennedy culture to keep pushing down the importance of Luke Skywalker is what I felt I saw there. I'm going to see, hold on, I want to quickly look up uh, Luke Skywalker merch sales to see, Mm -hmm. like, compared to all the others. um, Yeah, it's just like in every wave, I think there's a Luke Skywalker. Well, from what you guys were showing on Facebook, wasn't it still mainly slanted towards the sequel trilogy and not really so much favoring any of the previous or the previous oh. two trilogies? Yeah, that was the oh. other weird thing. Which is oh, there like, was no prequel stuff. Nope, no, it was all sequel stuff, and uh, I think that comes down to royalties. Like, you don't have to pay for the stuff that you own. Therefore, like the weirdness was that uh, everything in Galaxy's Edge is like bootleg versions of what you experienced in the OT. So, like, it's just like everything you go there for is stuff like an original fan would be like wanting from the OT. Like, all right, I want to be with the rebels and and be pulled apart uh, a Death Star and see Darth Vader. But no, you're with the Resistance, and the leader of Resistance is Ray. No, she wasn't. Like, what? Wait, what? Well, it's it's a, it's such a shame they didn't do Tatooine because like that connects all three trilogies. Well, did they go to Tatooine in uh, the sequel? I guess not. They just went to a bunch of desert planets. That, <laughs> they uh, did go to Tatooine at the end of um, Rise of Skywalker because that's where Ray buried okay, yes. Luke and Leia. Uh- all right, yeah. so, all right. So, so point Ray's taken back. So, well, th- there you go. That is like the thing that like unites all the trilogies. Uh, but I remember there's like a famous quote from like um, I don't know, it was like Bob Iger's book Ride of a Lifetime, where he says that like uh, you know, they, they were looking at the dailies uh from uh, Force Awakens and they're like, oh, this looks so good. We got to make the park based on the new yeah. trilogy because uh, I, th- that that's gonna be. Our I, I feel okay, like. Uh, only after the fact, like, I agree with, like, all the calls that they've made about, like, Galaxy's Edge of not making it Tatooine, like, make it a new place that's Star Wars-ish so that you f- you're feeling new and old at the same time. It's just, like, the execution wasn't the best of how they ended up doing it. Oh, wait, well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, as much as everything was rip-off OT and crappy uh, sequel stuff, I loved it. I felt like I was in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> like some of the fun that I, I liked um, was that it wasn't exactly one to one to the OT. So that instead, it did feel like I was walking into a, a town in Star Wars. 
uh, like, you know, when we were playing, like, back in our tabletop RPG days, and, like, you know, it's, like, a place in Star Wars, but not, like, you know, something's exactly from the movie. So, like, when you walked by an A-Wing, you're still walking past an A-Wing. Um, when you walk up to the uh, Force Awakens version of the Falcon, you are you are legitimately to standing in the presence of a YT-1300. And, like, yeah, like, I was glowing while I was there. And just, like, saying the presence of the Falcon was just so much fun. And, like, the rides were... We laughed so hard. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the craftsmanship is, like, still second to none, even if it's mm-hmm. not, like, you know, the whole 100% ideal craftsmanship. I, I'm sure I'd probably enjoy it, too. But then again, I'm also a tasteless person who loves dumb <laughs> gimmicks. So, uh, and th- there's no greater place that, that is the hall of gimmicks than, uh, you know, Disney World. Yeah, like, the magic of their um, rides, too. Like, it took a little while to figure out how they did it. Um, there's, like, this, like, resistance ride that uh, me and Kid Mystery went on to, and they hide very well that the thing that you're stepping on can move and is mo- or is moving. So, like, when in the video or the, the window we're looking at, it looks like we get pulled up into uh, a, a Star Destroyer, and when the door opens, like, you feel like you didn't move, but you did, and all of a sudden you're in a Star Destroyer, and, like, the, the, the illusion was just seamless. Like, wow. Like, that, yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah, very good. It was very, very good. Ah, so the Disney magic is not dead. Oh, no, man. They <laughs> killed that shit. Uh, but so, uh, any, like, final thoughts about Secret Invasion? Or, because, uh, like, to, to me, I just think you, you just can't have, like, mediocre, uh, or, you know, uh, such meandering products. Uh, I hate to use this term, but it feels appropriate. The MCU, mm-hmm. like there was no ba- uh, greater uh, 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 what call poster child for the MCU than skinny little Amelia Clark with her giant Drax arm. And also, Drax doesn't have any powers. He's just like a guy. He's super strong, yo. Come on. Yeah, I thought in the comics he was engineered uh, to be able to kill Thanos. That is, uh, at least that's how he was. In uh, comic. Maybe he was, uh, but like, what is his uh, in the MCU? What is his power other than that he, he's like super you know strong. durable and and, run, and super strong and, and just runs yeah, the I, guys? I didn't notice how absurd they went with it. With uh, I think it was the uh, the the pitch meeting guy. Uh, how they pointed out how uh, yeah, through <laughs> genetic manipulation, you can have magic rings on your finger, or you can change the molecular structure of the jacket you're wearing, so you can have uh, uh, Drax's arm. It's just like, ah, uh, yeah. So, like the, like I said, the reason why I wasn't upset with it uh, is because I thought it was leading to Secret Wars, and I was like, yeah, it's just a fucking TV show. Don't worry about it. Wait, <laughs> the, the real event is later. <laughs> oh, wait. Was this the event? <laughs> yeah. This is the real event? Yeah. <laughs> the, oh. the, biggest, the, the biggest thing I can't figure out for Secret Invasion, aside from the whole wish-washy when was Rhodia Scroll crap? How in the hell did that cost $35 million an episode? Oh. How in the hell is that almost twice as much an episode as House of the Dragon? Oh my god, no. looked like that. Actors. Yeah. There's a lot of sitting in living rooms. And like, I, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was a, that was very uh, a shock reveal when you said that was $200 million worth of, uh, of a show. So... I mean, the yeah. scroll effects were probably smoother than anything I've seen on screen in quite some time, probably since Endgame. But, you know, the scroll effects weren't really used that much until the finale when they had the big meat-headed 
mar- typical MCU finale. It, where where was the money? Where did Here, it go? <laughs> Here's another reason why I'm, I think I'm being kind to it is like I keep on like I'm thinking about like um, the the limitations that they have with uh, money and time. Like, and they they turn these out way too fast. And just thinking like how much better? What what else could they have done? You have this much money that you can afford Amelia Clark and Samuel Jackson and uh, uh, Bilbo for one episode, and and this is that's all the money you have. You you can now populate with unknown actors. Now go like you like what do you do? Like well yeah you you don't have enough money for more Avengers. Uh, apparently you know you maxed out your budget with special effects with just shootouts. Uh. Uh, I don't know. You hire the the John Wick people to like come up with tense, uh, visceral spy. Uh, th- you know how far could you push the envelope with uh, PG thirteen? Right. Uh, oh god, if they put Chet Stileski uh, on this, uh, like, holy uh, crap, that would have been interesting. And plus, they wanted to make a love letter surrounded around um, Samuel Jackson too. Like that was the, you. You can see it was for him. And, 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 and he's limited in the acting he can do. And he. he, he and here's the biggest crime, um, like, uh, you know, you've got an like, invasion of the body snatcher style thing storyline, and you don't do one scene where, like, Sam Jackson pulls uh, up of a gun at Talos or, like, someone, one of his other people is like, how do I know you're the real person? I, I don't know. How do I trust you? Uh, we got to do a blood test or, right. or whatever. You, you didn't do, like, one of those <laughs> scenes? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll say um, I'm not as bothered, but now I'm a little bit more bothered that, like, oh. Oh, this is it! Oh shit, no, that's not yeah. good. So yeah. I, I just kind of like wipe my hands and like, all right, on to the next thing. Like, uh, I might, I got high hopes for um, Deadpool Wolverine. If it so, ever comes out, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, it can be if, if like, if Deadpool has like a minute model. Where he makes fun of like the fact that we've never seen any of the Eternals again. Uh, like this is not entirely unsalvageable, as we've seen with like you know Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, there is always value even for characters that people didn't like or didn't care about. You can always kind of give them redemption arcs, but uh, it takes that much more creativity. And the MCU has been kind of coasting for a long time and ago on its like lowering goodwill. And I think Secret Evasion was super expensive. Uh, they did didn't quite do what it needed to be uh, done. Uh, it had, I think, the, some of the lowest ratings, and now it's uh, you know setting up this other movie, which seems to do, nobody really uh, care about. And um, I, I, is there anything uh, like what's the next project after the Marvels? Uh, let's see. I got Loki two coming out. I got Echo, like you pointed out, which is going to kind of plug back into the influx of the Netflix first characters because they brought John Bernthal's Punisher back. They're bringing well, Matt, you know. Um, Matt Murdock back and eventually Daredevil coming back. Who? Yeah. Well, they announced. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah they know. announced that Burnthal and uh, Feige announced that uh, they're bringing Burnthal's Punisher back. Um, and there are probably going to be a couple others. Like there have been talk about bringing Kristen Ritter back as Jessica Jones and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the the Netflix verse isn't dead. But as far as the next in stone release that's coming after that, um, oh, I know. <laughs> I honestly can't remember the schedule at this point. Uh, I think it's been well. Hasn't it also been like irreparably fucked uh, by the, the the writers and the actress? Uh, um, that's why they pulled Deadpool three from the, the release schedule. I imagine because they 
I probably got a lot of post prod to go on that one, but um. I don't know how much else the rest of the slate's been affected by that. I mean, I think, I think uh, Aether, the Coven of Chaos, is still coming at some point. <laughs> and, uh... It was Aether all along, although it actually wasn't. She didn't have anything to do with anything. I, right, but she was such a beloved well, character from WandaVision that gave her her own show. I um, believe... I believe... That, that was the height of hubris that we could do no wrong. You're getting a show, and you're getting a show, and you're getting a show. All right, I'm seeing like the the future is. Um, we got Blade America, Thunderbolts, Blade. All those are delayed, Fantastic by the way. Fantastic Four. Yeah, the, the future is very uncertain right now. Blades delayed. I think it's very realistic that like we could go all of 2024 and not have a Marvel project, which honestly I think at this point might be like a, for their. Um, it might be, be very best. good. Like they need to take a break and like give someone whoever is cre- uh, thinking of ideas more time to plan things. I think like a year off will be like the best thing that could happen for the MCU. Yeah, I think the only productions that were in flight at the time the strikes kicked in was Deadpool 3, uh, the Daredevil series, and Captain America. I think those are the only productions that were in flight. Everything else is pre-production. So, alright. Um, enough of the MCU for a bit. Um, what was Barbenheimer like? You did it. You you, you watched both the back-to-back, right? Oh, I went full on. I, I did Mission Barbenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer, Barbie, <laughs> and the new Mission Impossible in a 30-hour oh, period. Oh, my God. Um, well, I went off and had a weekend by myself. I went camping out in the Mississippi Valley here in the western side of Wisconsin and started off. I did all three of those movies. Um, Oppenheimer is probably not Nolan's best movie. I still think Inception's his best movie, but that's just me. But it's a pretty solid biopic, and if Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. don't win Oscars for that movie, then give up on the Oscars entirely. They, they mm. suck. Um, the ultimate message I kept bouncing through my head as I was walking out was, wow, so the undoing of the world is going to be insecure, super powerful white men. All right. <laughs> That's a pretty good three-hour profile of all that, exactly. Um, <laughs> which was kind of funny because then I saw Barbie later that day I'm like okay I'm laughing at this way more than I expected to because the, the only reason I really was that interested in seeing Barbie is because I'm a big Margot Robbie fan mm. and you know the fact that have Ryan Gosling is kind of like you've got to be freaking kidding me but yeah it, it was entertaining it's it, it's been kind of fun to watch it polarize the right side of politics because oh my god God, super feminism, politics, and blah blah blah. This shouldn't be a kids movie. Blah 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 blah. Like, chill the hell out. I, but, yeah, uh, I, I didn't do the full Barbenheimer, but I did see Barbie, and I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, like, I think what a lot of people um, don't seem to like recognize is, is that, like, uh, sure, like, uh, you know, She Hulk, the feminism message comes out of nowhere, and it doesn't really gel with like what exists in the MCU and hasn't quite been earned, but like the feminism message fits much better in Barbie because that's always been the, the kind of contradiction and discussion about the, you know, is Barbie empowering? Is she, uh, or just kind of like this thing that like uh, teaches girls to bimbify and it's this tool of the patriarchy, uh, and this unrealistic ideal that, uh, most girls will never be able to attain. And then that conversation has been going on from like the eighties and the nineties. And, uh, you know, it was very interesting to see like, you know, um, 
it, it starts out in like uh in the Barbie world, and it kind of represents like the sort of modern version of Barbie, where it's like you know Barbie's a president, Barbie's a senator, Barbie's in space, and she goes on a rocket, and kind of like this sort of progressive fantasy that like um Mattel has tried to sell to try and uh, reinvent uh the image of Barbie as being more than just like you know math is hard. <laughs> Um, and then kind of like going into the real world to see that like th- this vision, it-, it doesn't exactly replicate in the, the real world exactly. But even like the super progressive, like girl character, even she kind of like, you know, is played for laughs and like, you know, her like, um, a super uh, woke uh, facade kind of evaporates as she goes to see how fun the Barbie world is. And she like her defensive wall as she like bonds with her mother and uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, so I think uh, ultimately, I think it was as good as the uh, wow. Lego movie in terms of like uh, doing uh, the, uh, corporate toy movies that uh, <laughs> are very self-aware uh, and smarter than any right than they really yeah, needed I found to be. these self-deprecating uh, humor towards all the various Barbie releases, even some of the more obscure Barbie releases was kind of funny. I'm impressed. I'm looking forward to seeing it now. I think it's going to be the, the height of like obnoxiousness of like men suck, girls rule, and, and just, just make people fight each other some more, but it sounds like it was genuinely fun and funny. It's all about the tone. Um, like uh, it, it's very t- playful. It's very tongue in cheek. It's very nice. satirical. So th- because it has that tone, I think that's why the me- the medicine goes down much better than it feels like something that was just like screeching at you uh, and uh, that was like really didactic cool. and obnoxious. Good. Um, I mean, and then uh, did Oppenheimer feel like three hours? Eh, eh, towards yeah. the third hour, it started. Getting Waiting. a little bit because I mean the first two hours was you know building up to the Manhattan Project and the whole last hour was the fallout after the Manhattan Project. I mean they they don't really they only show one actual nuclear explosion and that's the Trinity test out in New Mexico uh, right before you know they inevitably drop the bombs in Japan. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the movie was the basically the fall of uh, Robert Oppenheimer and the public eye and you know the comeuppance of those who came after him and. It's just one big morality play after another throughout the entirety of the movie. Um, shoot, question fist fell on my head. Oh no, no, no. Um, uh, did the nu- did the nuclear blast justify your theater experience? Like, was it like you had to see it? You had to be there. Have you like? Minute. It was good. I mean, Nolan, you know, he's got such a huge boner for making sure all of his movies are shot in IMAX and shown in IMAX and the, get the total experience. You have to see it in these t- designated IMAX screens on 70 millimeter film. And what was it, what was it that came out that the, the total reel for an IMAX reel of Oppenheimer was like 11 miles long? Hmm. I think I read that somewhere. <clears throat> but um, yeah, as far as the Trinity test, God, if you got a home set up with really good surround sound, it'd be fine. Uh, it's nothing earth change. It's no, you know nothing life changing to see it in IMAX, but um. So you don't have to see it in IMAX. You don't think it's a prerequisite? No, he's still, uh, the, enjoy it. Tenet would have been a better IMAX movie. Interstellar is a better IMAX movie, and it just basically any of his other movies than this one. Good. Uh, yeah, I felt guilty like. There's something about the trailers that made it seem like 
you won't fucking believe this explosion. Like, you have to see it on IMAX or else you, you completely missed the experience. Like, it felt like that was, like, the draw. But it being a, a character drama, I can still just, I, I'll enjoy a great movie still just on my TV screen. Exactly. Honestly, the, uh, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, like, feet stomping scene was more, like, I felt impactful and, uh, more, oh, yeah. than, like, what, than the, uh, explosion itself. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one, if you have a really good sound system, that would be a trip. Cause, yeah, this, whoever did the sound design for this movie definitely earned an Oscar just for that scene alone. All right. What else are we working on? Uh, um, myself, uh, I've been having a bit of a, a, a renaissance of my love of a character named Driss Dorden. Are any guys familiar with him? All right, Salvatore, right? Uh, he's, he's, the, he's the classic, uh, well, speaking of like D&D, just out of curiosity, if any of you guys been following yes. uh, the, the oh, yes. Gate release? That's been interesting. I've not heard, this is the first time they, they've made history, a game that's so good, it made other developers mad. Yep. Uh, only, thing I, only thing I've heard about <laughs> the game is the bear fucking. That's it. <laughs> Me and um, my, uh, I, I keep seeing clips. It looks so great. I want to play it so I, badly. Oh, it looks like uh, what I've been craving. I for got a long it, time. and like me and my friends are like, okay, this is a game we're gonna play over college. This is the game. Like, this is we are like so hyped uh, to like uh, get our hands on it. Like, we already like two. Of, uh, I think all three of my uh, groupmates uh, have the game, and we're just just itching to like find one uh, night to like just play it. It's like so like we're. We're like super excited for it. We already have like our D and uh, D characters like kind of mapped out. We we have like our race of class. Oh, I hear, I hear you do it in co op. Uh, yeah, we're doing the, do that in co op. Uh, we're we're like a uh, currently I'm uh, wanting to be like a half orc monk uh, character. Um, my uh, other friends uh, like a half elf warlock, and the other is like a tiefling rogue. And we're like still hyped for doing it. Oh, wait, uh, I. I- I'm curious though. I heard that you can only have like one player created character, and then everyone else just plays like the companions. Is that true, or am I? Um, uh, am I? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't really that. know. I'm, I'm. I haven't seen anything of this game. I just know like uh, it's really good, and my friends really like it. So I'm just like I'm just hyped to like just get my hands on it. I don't know any of the mechanics, uh, like with specifically mechanics like for character creation. All I know is just like it's like my, my, RPG my... and kind of D and D and it's open world and it's really good. Um, my, my uh, couple other friends are playing it. I'm not positive about this, but it seems like uh, if you start a game together, um, you can have your original characters in that. But like, you can't like play like a solo game and then take your character from that solo game and then jump into in the middle of somebody else's game. Like you, you gotta create characters with each other for like a game that's like I think saved on one of the player's computer. Yeah. Um, but I like, believe that's you, correct. Oh, but you can jump in, let's say, if a person's playing and they're farther in the game, you can jump in and play as one of the characters, and but you can't use your own character. That makes sense? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Isaac, you there? Yeah, 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 I'm Just still here. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, it, it was a. Uh, to me, I've just I've just been like addicted to like watching a little clips of like the different scenarios and like different choices. It seems like it's fantastic, uh, and I love that all the AAA developers are getting angry at it. And it's like, oh, this is going to be players are going to expect us to do <laughs> like too too much work. Uh, this is not the new standard. Work with these multi. <laughs> The question is, is this buying all the goodwill back after the whole blow-up of the overcharge on D&D from earlier this year, right before the movie came out? Uh, I doubt that the people see the connection. Probably not, uh, just because like, uh, D&D is still being run by Wizards of the Coast who are trying to monetize it, and uh, I assume this is like uh, kind of this is considered to be s- separate. Like the goodwill to the uh, overall product, but not the company that's been producing it or how they've been producing it. Yeah, and I, ha- that I haven't sense? seen hype for a game like this since like the Mass Effect days. It feels really good to see that everybody's really excited about a story-driven experience, and yeah, I will be joining you, but after I beat my Knights of the Republic 2. Uh, um, but uh, so, so uh, given this D and D sense, tell us a uh, link back to uh, uh, yeah. your uh, your uh, yeah. reunion with Drizzt. <laughs> Did you say Drizzt on purpose like that? Uh, uh, oh. I, I don't know. Uh, is that the right, not the right uh, way to say? Is it, the, it's uh, it, it's now like okay? The, there's like lore. Like um, when people first got the books, we all thought his name was Drizzt. Um, his name is Drist, and inside the book, the author starts making fun of people who used to say Drizzt. So now saying Drizzt's funny. So like, you know, like uh, when Drist first met his first human, it was a little girl and he's like, I'm Drist. And like the little girl's, it's a Drizzt, it's a Drizzt and runs away. And then the latest book I'm reading, some guy tries to pretend I'm Drist Durden. And like the guy goes, I don't know who Drizzt Dudden is. And so that's why I thought you're doing the joke with. Do you know who? All right. Yeah, no, no, it was just, just be being ignorant and like trying cool, to like cool. say it um, phonetically. So are you, <laughs> that makes sense. everybody here is not familiar with who Drist really is, right? I'm not. Matt? I I am a Drist virgin. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, he uh, he's a cornerstone for a lot of things that we enjoy in fantasy lately, especially if it's a dark elf. Uh, before him. Dark elves are barely ever used or mentioned uh, or understood or what they really were. Um, he threw the character in uh, it, like on a whim uh, to pitch his new book that was supposed to be about a barbarian, and then like he's like, yeah, he's got a dark elf sidekick, and then that kind of got him the gig. And then like while he was writing it, he started noticing how cool his dark elf character was. And he's like, wait, this is the main character, and it just dawned on him that yeah, he made now one of the most famous characters of all time accidentally, and like um, it was important for like how me and my friends grew up, like. There's moral lessons and like amazing fight sequences. It's like the like lots of themes about friendship and uh yeah, they're huge. And like me and my buddies like read them for like fifteen years straight. Every time it came out, we were there for it. Until like, yeah, like once you do something enough, you get tired of it. And like, yeah, we just like we all clocked out at the same time. Like there's like this like orc war that happens that most fans go, Okay, I'm I'm kinda done. Like it's been like eighteen books. And you just tap out. And then 20 years later, I've been finding more time to read and relax. And I remember uh, uh, the uh, we used to go uh, meet Ari Salvatore at Gen Con conventions. And he mentioned to us that he's going to write a trilogy about the bad guys of the book. And like that just kind of made me and my friends more tired of him. And we're like, okay, I don't want to read bad guys. And here I am in the future reading about the book about the bad guy and loving it. It's 
I, I haven't had this much fun with a book in so many years. I'm reminded of why he's the best. Um, and I'm having a blast. And just like being in official D&D world again, um, I can't recommend enough. If you're in love with D&D, if you have that itch because of Baldur's Gate 3, find the Crystal Shard, read it, and then go down that well and see like why World of Warcraft has Dark Elves in it. Like... If you see a dark elf in World of Warcraft or anything, and it's wielding two swords, that's because of Drist Stewart. So that's where that comes from. And then I also bought his like replica sword. Okay, sorry, <laughs> I bought his replica swords, and uh, to my delight, they ballooned into value to five hundred dollars. And I bought his art book. The art book has art that like things that me and my friends have only imagined, and we get to see it like in beautiful laid out. Um, Pages. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And lastly, I even got myself a Dristward and action figure, which I never thought would have ever existed. So I've been having a lot of fun uh, enjoying D and D in this like era where everybody's pretty hyped because of Baldur's Gate three. But I'm just in the books enjoying like old characters that help me grow up. Oh, it's Hasbro that made that action figure, huh? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he's holding the crystal shard itself. Like, it's hard to describe. Like, you like you'd never think like you'd see a toy of Drist or a toy of the crystal shard. It's, um, yeah, like it's just the world we live in. Like all that stupid stuff that like no one cared about while girls growing up. Now it's just everywhere. You want it, you can have it. Did yours come with a twelve sided die too? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, because uh, I'm looking on uh, Hasbro's site, and they've got uh, Drist with a uh, 12-sided die. <laughs> I'm not sure what i do with the dice. <laughs> not sure what i do with the dice. But, yeah, that's uh, one of the main things I've been jo- just loving, just getting back into an author that uh, you've been away from for a couple decades, and like it's like you haven't missed a step, and it's been just a blast hanging with the bad guys. Um, uh, Kid Mystery, what you been geeking on lately? Um, well, mostly my uh, summer's been uh, uh, a combination of four things. Uh, it's either uh, been uh, working, uh, but recently I quit my job, so uh, there's that. But uh, uh I was working at a local you working? Save. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a grocery store here. It's like a grocery store. Uh, and then the uh, it's by nice. our houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one by our houses. Nice. Yeah. Um. Then I've been preparing for college. I've gone like I've showed I've shown you Keith like the list of stuff that I'm getting. There's like a, tons of like boxes and full of knickknacks and all that. Uh, the cooking supplies. Yeah. Um. So essentially, I've been preparing like all like the forms for all that stuff. Uh, another thing I've been doing uh, is this D and D campaign. Um, I we like it's uh, this West style March uh, style of D and D. It's really cool. Um, I've just been doing it like twice every like twice or three times a week, and I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, another thing What's I've your been character in it. Uh, it's, well, recently I changed characters, but um, my original character was this uh, space like man. Uh, ergo, uh, like, think Buzz Lightyear meets uh, Star Trek. Yes, He's... yeah, classic pulp sci-fi adventure guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? Uh, 
uh, I, I got a little bored of them, and I decided to, like, uh, and also I wanted to try a new, like, class. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do more cleric stuff, so I decided to change my character. Into? Uh, it's just basically, it's the daughter of, uh, uh, my original character, um, and it's just, like, lizard, uh, space medic person. Excellent. And the last... delightfully weird. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's interesting to play her. Um, and then the last thing I've been, uh, doing is, uh, starting on my next creative project, which is essentially this, uh, like, kind of, like, story-slash-world building thing. I've been doing it's essentially like my version of a uh, Game of Thrones. All right. So yeah, you want to tell us any details about it, or and where did this project come from? Just a personal fun challenge. Um. So I've been uh, watching a lot of YouTube shorts, as most uh, Gen C or Gen Z people do, and a lot of YouTube shorts have like clips of like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I've essentially gained like a lot of the story from just like random clips. Um, I want to watch it someday, uh, like the full series. But um, I was like, uh, from but from what I've seen, I got like a lot of inspiration. So I got so I wanted to make my own like kind of like world. Essentially, it's like um, this like uh, like post like climate change like uh, landscape where it's like like real places like uh, like America, like Britain, uh, India, China, all that. But, like, it's all condensed into this, like, one, uh, I, well, I don't remember what this specific ocean is called, but it's, like, between, uh, America and, uh, Europe. I can't remember what the ocean was called, but essentially it's, like, all centered around, like, that surrounding area. And it's, like, this, like, setting is, like, uh, set in, like, uh, like, kind of is it- colonial times. Like, essentially footlock pistols and, uh, uh, also, some medieval stuff uh, thrown in there. Okay, so it's not Earth. It's Earth, uh, but it's like an alternate universe kind of Earth, where right. some, some things are different and such. Awesome. Trans- Transatlantic war? Or community? Yeah, kind of like that. It's like, it's a lot of the nations currently are, I decided, are like uh, isolationist, but they're just starting to like do trade and like uh, connect with other uh, nations. And do you know what your like protagonist would be like? Is it do you have, like gunslingers or sword slingers or? or um, it's it... essentially yeah. just a uh, uh, like prince guy uh, who was kicked out of like his uh, kingdom due to like political shenanigans, and now it's his like kind of like quest to like uh, uh, get back his kingdoms and get back against all the people who uh, like. Uh, sort of wronged uh, him. Like, all the nations that collaborated against his downfall. Nice, dude. Uh-oh. I've turned on Steam. Then, Accident, accident. Okay. Hopefully I didn't toss any audio burps, like usual. Alright, um... So yeah, are, hey. you, are you intending to, like, put these out as YouTube shorts? Like, you're just gonna start composing YouTube shorts that tell the story? Or, how, how are you constructing? Uh, are you gonna put it are you, are you going to publish it? Or? Uh, well, I mean, most with most of my pr- creative projects, like, in the past, I just kind of, like, uh, uh, just sort of go super deep into it, and then, um, um, essentially, right, uh, I just kind of save them for later, whenever, like, I grow up and get my college degree, and then uh, I'm working in the 
uh, entertainment industry to uh, uh, use your, uh, yeah, build us some uh, ideas. Yeah, to build like ideas for later, and then I can publish gotcha. them once I more in the industry. And where do you write this stuff? Where do you keep it? Like, is it just a doc or using an app? That well, this time I'm going to try to keep it in a doc because majority of my past projects have been just in my brain, really. Right. So I want for this one, I want to like more document a lot of the stuff. Um. But like a lot of the other projects I've had, like are like this pirate thing, uh, pirate meets uh, Eldritch Horror, essentially. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's a spiritual successor to like uh, Adventure Time. Uh, um, what other stuff I did? Um, this video game idea that I wanted to do. It's a lot of the stuff uh, where like, like it was years, like since like sixth grade all the way to like high school that I've been like just experimenting and stuff. Right, um, right. Another one was like a superhero story kind of akin to like Invin- Invincible but less like gory. And yeah. Cool. Sounds like fun. Alright. Um, anything else been geeking on or, or uh, pieces of like nerd news uh, pop culture that you feel we should touch upon? Um... Oh well. Oh yeah. yes. That's oh, like yeah. Your, uh, your fifth. Uh, my take on it is I'm a detractor for now. Like uh, we, we we talked about this over Messenger. Um, that uh, ever since I was a wee little kid, seeing any character doing stretching powers would piss me off. Uh, stretching powers have always been the worst powers I've ever seen. Um, I've never seen them be cool. Mister Fantastic has always sucked. I've always uh, hated Plastic Man, and then Luffy showed up. And in, like, one episode, he's, like, making me like it. And now it's, like, you know, a thousand episodes, and, like, he's one of my favorite characters of all time. So now that he's gone to Gear 5 and turned into a Looney Tunes character, that's also something I don't like and I don't think will be good. But, like, he's gone a thousand episodes, prove me wrong, that he can take care of things that I don't normally like. So I have a lot of faith for right now uh, to cartoony. Was it everything you hoped it would be, uh, Kid Mysterious? Uh, it, it did seem to break the internet. It was like a huge moment when it was like the Crunchyroll servers were overloaded. People were celebrating. People were gallivanting all over. Uh, and then there oh, was yeah. the perpetual <laughs> oh, fan my war gosh. between uh, I've been fans on Twitter just like listen, <laughs> uh, reading all that stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. It's cr- Every time I just go on Twitter and see like the anime fans fight, it, I just lose a tiny bit of uh, humanity. <laughs> Um, what's what's going on? Is well, Naruto. So everyone hates One Piece now. Not everyone, but every fandom that isn't One Piece just kind of hates One Piece now because like three Twitter accounts said uh, Year Five is the most iconic thing and more iconic than Super Saiyan. Hmm. Now everyone is just pounding uh, Naruto, <laughs> uh, not Naruto, uh, One Piece. Uh, 
Well, it's kind of interesting. Like, God, I, I kind of want to make a video about this. Um, cause like, uh, so in the anime community, like, uh, originally it was Dragon Ball was the king of the, uh, the goat, the, you know, the, the, goat. The, the, the destroyer of worlds, uh, the one, the, the one, the goat that one that brought anime wide mainstream worldwide, a huge national phenomenon. It showed that the shonen formula is like the comic book formula, but could be enjoyed even better even more hardcore, even more extreme. Uh, just as emotional with the, these weird uh, designs. But then the era of, of Dragon Ball came to an end, and there was an empty throne. And then the second era came of the big three. What were the big three? It was One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach. Both of these, uh, all three of these series were basically world-conquering uh, huge mega-hits uh, that helped uh, kind of like in their own way push anime and manga mainstream. Uh, they obliterated across countries. They were global phenomenons. They touched people across the world. Um, but One Piece, despite I'd argue was the most, I think is the best out of the, the big three, um, was always kind of like the, um, the ugly kid on the, it was the ugly duckling. It was the, the, the and that was for a number of reasons. Uh, the biggest one was that like a lot of people's entry yeah, into the One yeah, Piece yeah, world yeah. was the awful four kids <laughs> dub. Uh, something that's just, you know, yeah, yo, dreaming. Playing Luffy. Playing Luffy. They went pretty hard with that song. How you doing, Luffy? <laughs> I, I will admit it. <laughs> yo, 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 he tried to buy the gum gum. I, his name's Zoro, uh, he's Olo, he's just like a samurai, L-A-D-Y, Nami ain't shy, Usopp's doing his marksman thing, Chopper's doctoring. His name oh is Luffy. Wow. But, but anyway, like, people are mad that people was are mad like, about Gear 5. It was an so let me uh, connect to that. So because of that, uh, like One Piece, despite the fact of it, like literally becoming the most successful comic of all time, uh, literally in a year or two, it'll probably be Batman and Superman, uh, the most iconic, best-selling comic across the globe. It's got a chip on its shoulder uh, because, like, uh, you know, you walk around in a mall, you'll see kids with like a, a Naruto shirt, but you very rarely will see it with like a One Piece one. Uh, and, you know, it's recovered. It's a, a lot of uh, uh, damage has been undone, but it, it's still like, you know, you, you don't you don't see like Michael B. Jordan. People well, see like, right. oh, I mean, yeah, you do see Samuel Jackson or, or whatnot. Or, or like for, uh, famous, one piece. He called. He uh, yeah, he called uh, Oda the uh, Goda. Like, oh he's a, yeah, he's a fan of one piece. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, I was not aware of that. Uh, I didn't know that Samuel Jackson, like the biggest celebrity I could think of was like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what's her name? Um, the Scream Queen, Christian Lee, uh, why am I getting her? Jamie Lee Curtis saying like, uh, she loves One Piece and would love to like, um, uh, dress up as, uh, uh or play Dr. Correa oh. as in the, uh, live action. Uh, so, so One Piece has always kind of had this like chip on its shoulder, despite the fact that it's still going. Uh, and well, I'll, I'll get to Bleach when I get to the things I'm talking about. Uh, Bleach, I thought, had the, the lowest legs and kind of, like, fell out of the big three the, the most and, like, uh, was the most inflated. Uh, but, you know, One Piece is still trekking along. I still think it's the strongest, but uh, it's got a chip on its shoulder. So, of course, like, the, the Dragon Ball fans are angry at the 
One Piece fans, how dare you say this this corny ass shit is better than Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan invented it. Uh, of course, Naruto has like five bajillion transformations, so that fandom is very defensive. They're they're still. Oh like, yeah, oh, I can't believe people are specific for fucking Baruto oh, now. When did this from- happen? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck did the Baruto fans came up? I get the manga was like good, but and some cool stuff happened, but the anime. Oh come on. Okay, I read the Baruto manga. It is actually just. It might be as good as uh, Naruto. Like it, it is has the anime. I haven't read it in a while. I can't can't like confirm or deny. I I know it's overseen by Kishi, so it's probably better than most of the shit that's in the uh, the you know the uh, oh yeah it's so Tiller, bad Tiller, anime. anime. I can't believe how but they like, uh, mishandled that so much. So much filler <laughs> characters. Like it's just. I mean, it's because it's a one one per month like uh, release scheduled of the Boruto manga because they had nothing to work with and they wanted that money, money, money as soon as yeah. possible. So they had to create like fifty billion yeah. filler arts <laughs> and filler characters. And oh god, if they just adapted the manga, I think it would have been like as like and also had a better animation studio. It could have been like as like seen good as. Well, it's like oh. every now and then you see. Every now and then you see like clips where it was like, oh shit, I can't believe they went ham on this this thing. You know, Studio Parat's kind of like, you know, the poor band's Tohi animation. It can be good when they want to, but most of the time it's kind of like this shitty product that's like just like pooped out to like make money. <laughs> oh, yeah, why the no, Naruto fans like uh, showing us the uh, uh, Naruto and Sasuke fight versus that one guy when that's literally the movie they show? In the anime, it's so much worse. They're just showing the movie production. <laughs> You're trying to show me this good thing, even though it's like I can show you 50 movie an- uh, animes that have the same amount of animation well, quality. Um, we're we're off the topic of um, each of our feelings on like uh, Isaac. What's your what's your overall feelings about Gear Five? Okay, so there's two layers to my feelings. Overall, so, alright, so here's the glass half full. Mostly I'm positive. Um, I love Gear 5. I think, like, it is a brilliant subversion of what Oda has always been building towards, because, like, in an interview where he was, like, talking to, like, this other long-running manga guy, the guy who does Case Closed Detective Conan, he was talking about how, like, um... Uh, there's always this pressure to, you, you know, you gotta increase escalation, you gotta add new forms and power-ups. Uh, One Piece is largely the slowest, g- given the fact that Luffy didn't get a new form until, like, 300 chapters in, uh, where we introduced the gear system. Um, so, uh, and, and traditionally what happens is you make it bigger and tougher, you know, oh, now he's got steam and he's going super fast, like a Super Saiyan, and he's kind of red. Oh, now he's <coughs> making <coughs> his arm... <laughs> his arms like giants and he's hitting things uh, with his incredibly super arms and, and uh, Gear 4th mm-hmm. is probably the worst symptom of that oh he's a super tough bouncy man but he's like a kabuki warrior and he's super muscular and oh my god he's like shooting uh, and it's kind of like this escalating trend and to me it felt like Oda was like fuck it all I'm gonna bring it back to the core of the message the core of the, uh, the being of the story uh, that like you know, uh, this is the reincarnation of Joy Boy. This is a character that like uh, brings smiles on the faces. And, and what better way to like reinforce it to that core of like I want Luffy to be a fun character. I want him to be fun and goofy. And despite the fact that there might be high stakes, mm-hmm. I want you always to be able to laugh at Goofy. Oh my God, he's getting his ass kicked by Crocodile. Oh, he drinks a bunch of water. Now he's water, Luffy. <laughs> um, 
that's kind of a guiding philosophy. And to me, that the like tune force should be his ultimate power. Uh, to me, was brilliant. Uh, I thought it was like an iconic thing. Uh, in, the, in the manga, it was a brilliant sight to be behold. It likes it. Um, I can understand your misgivings. So on the negative side, um, a lot of people argue that they don't like the fact that it uh, feels like a bit of a lazy retcon. That like, oh, you thought he was uh, what Rubber you call? You yeah. thought he ate a. Um, uh, Par- Robert Paramecia, he's actually a zone. <laughs> and another thing people don't like is that it kind of like puts Luffy mm. more uh, as a chosen one, uh, which is something that he's been kind of like built up. You know, he's from the D clan family, which we still don't know. We just know they're super important. Uh, more lore is coming out, uh, but uh, we're waiting for the, the the big thing to be dropped about that. And uh, obviously, like considering he was set up as like you know, oh, I'm just a kid from the East Blue. I'm I'm on those wacky little kid uh who's just a lot of pluck and heart it feels like a uh kind of backtracking kind of like how naruto started out as like you know oh i'm just a failure and then he was kind of retconned oh he's the son of the fourth and oh he's actually ninja jesus and he's the reincarnation of the great buddhist god of all ninja and chakra uh who is descended from blah 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 yeah 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 why, reason why I love Luffy was like I thought he was a kid with the dumbest powers ever and like it's just like he tries so goddamn hard that he was able to use dumb powers and put them up over the top because he was such a trier but he's just a trier he had the heart he had the spirit he had the determination of the pirate king so even if he has a dumb power yeah. he's still able to come out in the end and the, the idea that like oh he's actually the re- reincarnation of this god or, but but like um uh, we need a little bit more lore, uh, and the idea is that, like, you know, Joy Boy, uh, as a spirit, is, like, this thing that is, in, you know, uh, vital to the, the One Piece, you know, I don't have any spoilers about the origin of Joy Boy, we still haven't gotten the Void Century uh, flashback, but, the, you know, it's been implied that, like, uh, you know, Joy Boy's kind of a tragic figure, he lost this battle despite being the uh, thing of liberation, but mostly I really loved the, the episode, I was saddened uh, by by the fact that um, it wasn't directed by Megumi mm-hmm. Ishitani, the goat of uh, One Piece, but apparently the episode that's coming out tonight, she's doing the storyboard, so I have high expectations by that. And um, you know, but uh, like the scenes that they had, I love that they shifted the art style, so it felt like a modern mm-hmm. update of 1940s animation. I, I yes. love the drums of liberation, uh, you, you know, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Yahoo! Uh, I, I like that they struck that balance of like making it feel. So serious but also comical a friend of mine was like i wanted looney tunes cartoon uh, looney tunes music for it i'm like they're not getting the rights to that and i, I think they struck the balance uh but o- overall i i think they did a fantastic job uh, although you know obviously a few animation cuts i was like oh come on uh, don't, don't have this mediocre stuff and stop recycling uh, that that clip of him <laughs> jumping around and they used that three times that 10 second clip <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> this is supposed to be the prestige time so as much as it pains me to say it uh that episode mm-hmm. Episode where Zoro beats King, yes. I thought Agreed. was better. Um, and yeah, do, Man, uh, do you guys have any worry about this like losing stuff? So what was that? <laughs> I've really got to catch up on the manga. I've only, I'm, I'm only <laughs> fifteen issues in. <laughs> Just you know, I've been. I was. I'll be honest. Uh, I was like a. I was like the snake, and Keith was 
add them. I was like, take the apple, Keith. Take the <laughs> read apple. Read the manga. Read the read manga. It. Read the manga, Keith. It's right here. <laughs> you can reading. have all the things. All the lore. But in my ways, like, when it comes to me and my, my friend who's been watching One Piece together for, like, years, like, <laughs> we were talking about how we kind of just want to let episodes build up again, because I, I don't like being on cliffhangers every episode. I want to know what happens next and just be able to hit play. Uh, I'll say this much. I think for the next few episodes, uh, you, oh. you should follow it week to week just because I think they're going to be big. I, I feel like uh, like just the promotion I've seen of like, you know, the road to gear five. Gear five is in the subways. Gear five is in the streets. Someone made gear five in like a Japanese rice field. Uh, they're okay. spoiling it for all the anime onlys. Um, so I think they're going to put their all into these next few episodes. Uh, uh, and, and then maybe in the transitional period, you could like wait a little bit, but Honestly, the stuff that's coming up has been like so good that you, you might not want to uh, just because like I think the post Wano and the arc that comes after Wano is like uh, probably the best post time skip steps time skip yeah. that Oda post has time done. skip right uh, oh my gosh a post oh, I can't say the arc because it's a spoiler <laughs> but uh, after Wano spoiler. after Wano oh my god every, I just saw the new chapter oh oh, oh um, ten ninety. Would you guys so good. about how long much longer are we in Wano for us anime fans? A year, <sighs> half a year, two years. No, it's definitely less than the, I feel like it'll be either wrapped up or close to wrapped up by the end of this year if they're going like Wano ends at I'll put it this way. Uh last week adapted chapter uh ten uh forty four, the infamous uh, groundbreaking ten forty four, and Wano ends like at uh ten fifty four. So that's like, and they're doing roughly a chapter a week. Uh, you know, they probably shouldn't be, but you know, given the fact that this is still a you know fuck up until they're dead kind of animation production cycle, um, that, that's probably what they're gonna like. Yeah, but then the pacing app. So like, t- yeah, ten but weeks. then they'll probably have like a break of animation, right? They, they, uh, after Wano, I assume, like to uh, prepare for the next arc. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I hope that they like either do a filler. Or, honestly, I just wish they would do like the seasonal anime thing where they like take a few yes. months off and like uh you know then put out a batch of twenty five. Like I, I like that trend that has been building up versus like this is a forever franchise and we're gonna keep on pushing it out uh, uh, until it's dead. But uh, you know, Wano's definitely been a series of highs and lows. Uh, you know, some people think it's the best arc. To me, I think it's overly bloated. I think it suffers from a lot of Oda's like late stage uh, tendencies, where he just like introduces a bunch of characters we don't fucking need. Um, we're, we're just like arcs are like far longer than they need to be. Uh, Dressarosa did not need to be a hundred. Cha- we did not need a hundred chapters to beat Kaido's uh, <laughs> drug dealer. <laughs> you, you know, his, his supplier. Uh, we we did not need a hundred chapters of that. Wano did not need to be. 150 chapters uh you know we didn't need nine red scabbards we didn't need the yakuza we didn't need half that crap uh you got too many goddamn characters uh you, you can focus on some of the ones that we actually give a shit about <laughs> instead of uh giving backstories and things to the, the, the people who we couldn't give a yeah, shit Dress about Rosa, but, uh, that but, uh, lasted yeah, um, all my life <laughs> well it's a good it netflix is doing the live version so it can uh, cut back some of that fluff huh Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh well, then, yeah! Next topic of discussion. I, I, I'm so excited to hear your your uh, your takes on the live action. But we should finish up Gear Five. Do you or do you have any other thoughts about Gear Five? Were you disappointed or are you eager to see where it comes? Because right now you're right. negative Gear Five. Ne- right I'm, now, uh, right? Not, you don't not like right the now, powers? But once again, like 
Oda hasn't missed. He hasn't failed. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he keeps winning me over. He's so writing the goodwill. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Like one thousand episodes, twenty years. Like you know, like he's he's he's, he's, he's earned. His, I'm pretty sure it's been twenty years, right? Yeah, right there. Right yeah, the series can legally yeah, yeah, drive, 20, 20 legally years this year. There you go. He, he has earned enough uh, um, respect and uh, to trust him. Ace, can I give you like a tiny bit of a hint? It won't reveal anything. But it's just like a little bit of a hint. Yes, you can. Just wait. Just wait for Tom and Jerry, man. Just wait for Tom and Jerry. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, Kid Mystery, did it live up to everything you wanted? I, what did you think of the episode of the legendary? I loved. Fifth okay, I loved like when it was revealed that it was just Looney Tunes power, and I loved how they just adapted and went full into Looney Tunes. I mean, I'm. I think it's going to be a lot better showing for next episode. I think that should have been the episode that broke the internet. But um, I think it's going to be. I think for next episode, it's going to have so much more fighting. I I'm pretty sure. I'm. Like I'm pretty sure there's gonna be flashbacks and reuse scenes. There's no way they can adapt the entire chapter without having that. But I'm. Oh, I, I do like it. Like I mean, th- there's terrible flashback where it's like you know, oh, here's a flashback and let's do a, a recap. And then there's like good filler where it's just like let's sakugu the fuck out of it. Like like I- I'd say like the Zoro versus King fight was like ninety <laughs> percent filler, but holy shit, did they like give that fight far more love than it actually yeah. deserved? <laughs> I mean, I just I I'll be honest, I just love the uh, idea of like him uh, instead of just like. He's just stronger now. Oh, he's so badass. Look at Luffy. Gear's fifth snake. I mean, Gear four snake. He's just uh, essentially Super Saiyan, but uh, uh, as a gimmick, essentially. But I, I love like going back to the roots of like he's a stretchy man, but instead he's a stretchy. Uh, he's he's a rubber man, but instead he's a rubber hose man. So I just. <laughs> <laughs> he's a rubber hose man he's rubber hose yeah man. i just i just love how just going back to the original like idea of luffy of just having a uh, uh him being wacky and him having not the traditional like uh just strong person powers and he's just op but like just more uh like how he can use his powers for creativity and stuff Uh, yeah, it, it was like a, it was nice to see. Uh, I think uh, Cope and see the Naruto fans. I used to be one of you, but you got to admit, One Piece has uh, surpassed Naruto. Uh, I hate to say it. Uh, uh, Kishimoto yeah, burned out. Uh, uh, Kayuga was uh, kind of bad. Uh, ooh, sorry, Naruto fan. Yeah, yeah, you you had like a, a war arc that just kind of like got. It's not a good sign when you have a war arc that overstays its welcome, and then it keeps on introducing like worse and worse villains. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, Obito's kind of okay. Oh, oh, here's Madara. He's kind of more boring. And oh, god, damn it! Who? What it was? This Kaiguya? She's like hiding in like portals and like shooting out black rods. Just, I had to just tap make out it after Orochimaru, and like there's like like eighty episodes where like he's just locked in place with his other old ninja guy. And then he still doesn't die. Oh, well, oh how, how could you you tap out of the, the that was peak Naruto? That was the true uh, exam. Oh, original sure Naruto was so bad. <laughs> he didn't die. I was like, why? I I oh, here for 140 episodes to kill him. Oh, you're away. gonna love. Oh, Keith, you're gonna love what he do to him in the end. Uh, <laughs> Man, yeah, oh. I, I, yeah. I, I was like, I, yeah, I threw my Keith. computer across the room and never came, went back. Keith, do you care about spoilers? Well, uh, um, the, the, for his Naruto, if you're ever going to go on, back, not on the podcast. I, I don't think. I, okay. For now.
Uh, all right, fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was peakable. That, that's a classic example of uh, Studio Parat, like uh, you know, stretching out their shit. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, all right, so uh, one little pivot. Uh, speaking of Studio Parat, uh, and I guess something I've been geeking out on is the Bleach is back with the Thousand Year Blood War, and the Studio Parat is doing the redemption to the, the, their overextended Bleach, and it's uh, pretty pretty good. It's uh, a really good adaptation. A lot lot of love given to this poor beleaguered series uh any of you guys follow bleach uh the the the, the, the ugly <laughs> stepchild of the um uh um, the i big tried three? to but didn't like the designs in the world and like how um the fighting choreography played out so it never really grabbed me yeah like really uh, those are all things that were like you know was bleach like, was praised for people loved the designs it was like really cool like they, they looked more mature than your average shonen because like you know ichigo looks like he's like fucking yeah, six feet the, tall uh yeah, the, yeah like the, the, the way i see it in our experience it was like um it looked like too many big floofy geese like that was, i was like oh that's 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 all I'm seeing. Like and then, like therefore, like if they're big floofy geese, you don't get to see like the the beauty of the dynamic of like how the body looks when it moves. So it's like watching that, and then you get these giant thick ass swords, and um, versus like you know uh, swords that are, like normal size that you can give like normal choreography, you get like giant hauling swings versus like yeah. So that's well, what. Uh, I get. I, so, but do you, do you know like. The- you know the brilliant. Well, you know, there's this old saying in shonen. You know, how do you make a good shonen? You have mm-hmm. cool swords. Uh, every generation, you'll see something with like cool swords. Bleach was like the definitive cool swords. Do you know the big thing that what they did with uh, Bleach mm, and please. the cool swords? All right, so the big gimmick of Bleach is that, like, you know, the sword is your soul, and, and once you in tune with the soul, you'll, you'll talk to a spectral entity, which is a representation of yourself, and then you unlock your sword's power with Shikai, and then basically your sword can okay. do magical shit. So it gives you all kinds of fun, weird, magical powers, and that's the Shikai, and then the iconic Bankai, which is even more magical shit, your second release, which does all kinds of incredible things. You can summon a giant towering mecha guy who destroys city streets, or you can uh, summon a million shattering blades that can dice your enemies, or you can have a (laughs) fire... Ice dragon that encompasses right? your back. It was a great, brilliant power system. It was like something that I think is also super iconic, which is um, the idea of like uh, it, uh, everyone has the same power, but it's it, 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 it's um, each person has their own individual interpretation of that power. Which is always something I think is like uh, works out really great in the power system, where it's like uh, you've got this baseline, and then everyone gets their own unique thing within right. that baseline. And uh, for a long time, it was like you know, Ban Kai was like the iconic thing of weeb nerd culture. Oh, I'm gonna release my Ban Kai. Uh, but then uh, Bleach, because uh, like to me, I think to be a big three, what you need is um, there are three, there are two things. You need to have a manga that's running, and you need to have an anime that's running along with your manga, or, and you also need to have a huge, large international fan base. Um, th- those are the criteria I give for uh, big three status. So if your manga's not running, you're not big three. So Demon Slayer's not a big three because the manga's over. Um, 
whatchamacallit, Bleach is not big three anymore because the, the manga's over. Uh, but, like, currently, if I, I was to, like, pick out a big three, I'd say One Piece, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, and uh, My Hero Academia. All three of them have uh, successful worldwide, uh, whatchamacallit, big successful animes. Um, they both, all three still have currently running manga. Uh, and to me, that, that's the big three. And another big thing that tells you if you're part of the big three is, like, obviously, the most soul destroyer, the most, uh, the manga that comes from um, Shonen Jump tends to be like the most popular. It's had the most successful series. There are other Shonen ma- uh, magazines, like sometimes like uh, Attack on Titan uh, came from another magazine mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that was like uh, published. So you, sometimes you'll get another uh, magazine that produces a world destroying hit. But like most of the ones come from Shonen Jump. Uh, and where was I going with that? Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, in Shonen Jump, they every now and then they do like a color cover where they have like the cast. They have all oh, who's the cast in, in Shonen Jump. Who, who and, and what you'll see is the like the most popular series are always featured towards the front of the cover. They get the most screen space. So uh, you'll, you'll see like the, the three most popular uh, series are always in the front. They always get front and center. You know, you got Luffy in the center. Then maybe you'll get another guy. Um, and, and if you lose your point. Place, then you're more in the back, and then if you're a new series or a series that's facing cancellation, you're in the far back. Awesome! I like the <laughs> like that they work so, for. So, so, so it's like the, the, this is like undisclosed thing that like you could like see the current every time you see one of those covers, you could see the current state of the magazine, yeah. and you could see which which series and, and where where are they in the publishing hierarchy? And like uh, the you're back into Bleach, and is Bleach? Continuing the manga that it never finished. Uh, so, so, uh, so uh, let, let me give some uh, history. Uh, Bleach, you know, was one of the successful big three, uh, but then it kind of had like a manga and anime arc that was so terrible it kind of killed it. It got the anime canceled. Damn. The manga still continued, uh, and it sort of had its like big final arc where uh, they. Uh, how much of Bleach did you watch? Do you ever see the point where? Um, uh, they introduced like the Quincy guy, the little rival guy who shoots like the spirit arrows. No. It's kind of early. I, yeah, in the I, got, I maybe got like maybe ten episodes in, maybe. Uh, such a shame. Like, uh, what you call the once it gets past like that, I'll give you this: the, the initial arc is not great, but then once they get to Soul Society, that's kind of like peak shonen. It's an arc that is so good that it managed to like uh, basically uh, make the Bleach uh, go on for uh, you know become big three on the status of that good arc. But every arc that came after it was kind of like not as good to the point where it had like one arc that was so terrible it killed the anime. Mm. Uh, it, it wasn't enough to kill the series but it killed the anime so kubo did like one last arc one last big arc to wrap everything up uh that never got animated uh but now it, it's back the thousand year blood wars animating the, the big quincy versus uh soul reaper war uh it had its first course last year and then the second course is airing now and it's a great adaptation not quite enough like good enough to like recommend to someone if you didn't give a shit about bleach then don't bother <laughs> this is just pure anime nostalgia so it's nice to see a studio go back and kind of like give this arc love mm-hmm. even though you know i think uh all of bleach's contemporaries surpassed it but you know I-, I have a lot of nostalgia for bleach because um the way i experienced it uh was it was like a big bonding point for me 
and my uh, roommate, mm-hmm. we were kind of like, you know, little, uh, we weren't really bonding, but then we were like, you know, kind of like watching anime together, and then we like were torrenting it, and it was like the big new thing, and we experienced the peak arc together, and we were following and getting excited to watch each new week, and it was like really bonding over this shared experience of experiencing this arc in real time with each other. Cool. Uh, so, so uh, that, uh, you know, has forever given Bleach a, uh, a sentimental place in my heart, so it's nice to see this uh, material being treated uh, with such love and care, and see Studio Proct get to like flex its muscles with some uh, great animation pieces. Uh, so, I've been really enjoying that. Um, a- any other questions or thoughts on Bleach? Or, or, uh, since I've been taking the stage for so long? Uh, I think I'm good. Um, do you buy the toys? Uh, yeah, do you do toys? Like it? Uh, no, no, no. I'm very cheap. Uh, I'm not buying sh- anything. Uh, but I'm <laughs> sure that there's uh, plenty of uh, really great Bleach figurines out there. That, I mean, like all, all good anime. Like at its ble- uh, peak, Bleach was like a seven million dollar franchise. Oh my god! Well, I, here's what I'm kind of curious. Uh, kid mystery. What do you think of Bleach? Are the Zoomer kids talking about it? Is there been a resurgence? Like I, I'm still amazed that Naruto is still relevant. Uh, that they didn't like just throw that out and be like, Nah, that's lame. That's stupid. It's it's gay uh we like the new anime we like the attack on titan and demon slayer the fuck but it still persists it still manages to find an audience despite uh, some of its age so uh, i'm just curious is there any talk in the streets for uh, of the young weebs about bleach or is it just old millennial boomer weebs like me um well i can't really say to uh uh other peers of my generation about bleach personally i want to get into bleach because i had like this mission of like getting into every big or semi-big or medium anime and I-, I tried two episodes of bleach dropped it because i just like i couldn't get through like after one episode i dropped it and i was like oh, i can't get through this and then after another episode i tried again i was like i really want to get into bleach i hear the thousand year war arc is like super good i want to get into it <laughs> and then i dropped it again at the second episode and that's where i currently am in bleach maybe i'll give it another try some other like Day, but I'll say, I'll say this much: uh, the the first art story arc of Bleach is not my favorite. I think it's mostly kind of like very mediocre monster of the week. Uh, you know, it, it has its like charm, but it's not like if you watch it, you won't. It'll just feel like a lot of other animes. But if you can push your way through that to like I don't know, like episode ten or twelve or thirteen, and then you get to like the introduction to the Soul Society arc, that's kind of like where it was the peak. It was like Bleach's shooting exam. It was a legend. Legendary arc with a guy firing on all cylinders, uh, and that's where kind of the series kind of like finds its groove when you're introducing the concept of the Shikai and the Bankai and, and talking to the soul of your sword, and, and then Ichigo goes through this training arc and he's in this strange world where uh, what you would call buildings are, and he sees this cool mysterious guy, and you're like, who's this mysterious guy? And the mysterious guy is like, I am you, <laughs> I am the soul of your sword. My name, Zangetsu, and then his sword goes from a new form. You're like, ah, 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 so cool. Uh, but like before that, it's just like kind of fighting monster of the week. So I, I don't blame you for dropping it. If you're curious uh, for like nerd weed history, I'd recommend powering your way at least through the Soul Society arc, uh, and uh, you know, uh, see if, if if it's good enough to take you from there. I mean, I will say I did 
I I got through Naruto's like couple uh, first couple episodes of the OG series, and that made me want to legitimately quit like the entirety of Naruto and just say, "Oh God, this is the worst series ever." Like those few episodes of Art uh, OG Naruto. Okay, how Keith? How uh, uh, how can, how edgy can we be on this podcast? Go for it. I want to blow my brains out after seeing those few episodes of Naruto. <laughs> Damn, Holy which, which, which shit, they're ones? so which bad. Were the one, which were the ones that like made you want to blow your brains out? Fuck, man, I read. Okay, so back in sixth grade, I was like, uh, uh, like a, a staunch manga first, anime second. But eventually, like, I realized, fuck, and manga is too expensive. I, I don't, ha- I don't <laughs> have the ability <laughs> to get a subscription. And I can't get everything from a library. Well, I, that's why I, you go. That's why you go to the for the the, the, the illegal sites. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I gave on. up. Uh, uh, but I gave up on uh, doing manga. But I originally read uh, some of the first issues of um, Naruto and uh, uh, One Piece on, on manga in sixth grade, and I thought they were like pretty good. And I went back to them. So then I got this a subscription for a uh, Funimation. I watched the first episode of Naruto with Iruka and uh, uh, the, the whole introduction. I was like, "Oh God, this is shit!" And then we went to the uh, uh, what was it the uh, uh, the the first arc, yeah, the land of waves. I'm like, oh god, this is even more shit. Why is every <laughs> character so annoying and the voice acting? Why is it so like, oh god? I thought like they said the English dub of this series was good. What happened? Why is it just <laughs> bad though? It's something you get used to, uh, you know. So I think the Naruto dub is one of the least offensive once you kind of like get into it. But obviously yeah, the Japanese got- is better. Yeah, I mean, I got I got into it by Shippuden, and Shippuden I think was really good. But like that first like episode in uh, uh, Land of Waves arc really just like turned me off to uh, Naruto. Like it made me want to not like touch it at all with the. Well, yeah, there was a lot of like you know classic like stretching. Let's drag it up. Oh, let's see what yeah. Sakura's doing. Um, you know, it's the classic, you know, studio clown. Uh, they're, they're as much beloved and hated as uh, Toei Animation for, like, getting these, like, really big popular series. But, you know, for, for every, like, uh, he, the way you either get used to it and you just kind of, like, tolerate it for, like, the big signature moments, like the famous Rock Lee versus Gara fight. The oh, fight yeah. of a generation. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that was so good. Rock Lee versus yeah. Gara. Yeah, Ooh, and then it kind of perks, you know, like, oh, you're like, oh, this is peak, but, you know, there, there are a lot of lows, which is why I, I'm still amazed that Naruto still has, like, new fans, because, like, uh, I'd imagine most of the kids, when you've got, like, something like Demon Slayer, which is, like, just, you know, razor sharp, no filler, no bullshit, uh, uh, you know, with the, the highest budget, the pride of Japan, and then you go back to the, you know, some of the, the worst, worser episodes of Naruto, uh, but, you know, there's some still cores that still appeal to people uh, but uh well uh, anyway fin- fin- finish what your th- your thoughts were but yeah i mean i've survived the worst of like naruto i feel like i can survive the worst of bleach i mean god i remember this the word sasuke retrieval arc before the final battle when they had all those uh individual battles with like sasuke's like orochimaru friends oh yeah god, so four guys bad. oh it was so bad i literally you, just skipped a lot of episodes how you complain about that those had so many iconic moments where neji gets shot through the arm uh shikamaru doing his super smart shit the drunken rock lee <laughs> yeah i mean drunken lock three was good but like the others i just could not care a inch about i literally <laughs> skipped some entire sections or episodes just so I can get the cool fights of Naruto finding Sasuke and Lorakli doing his uh, drunken, uh, 
drunk uh, shenanigans. Um, yeah, some of them are not like adapted to the best. Uh, but also, uh, I'm I'm curious. What, what do you guys think of the the One Piece live action? Where where, where, where are you guys feeling uh, for that? Um, so my my feelings on it are, um, continually, they're doing a great job. Don't want them to do it though. I like, <laughs> yeah, like don't do this. Stop it. But if you're going to have to do it, I keep on seeing it looks really good. It's just like, I just don't want it. Oh, yeah. Me and Keith had this. Oh, oh sorry. Finish your thought. Uh, me and Keith had this entire debate like uh, at the airport of like whether <laughs> adapting something is like inherently good or inherently bad. And I, and it was like, uh, I remember Keith, we were like just discussing like, you were like, oh, what about this? I was like, no, this is the reasons why that doesn't work. And you're like, oh, I mean, I mean, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am nothing like your mother, okay? She's stubborn in a bad way. I'm stubborn in a way. Yeah, that is, I don't uh, know. Totally <laughs> different. No, it seems like the same, honestly. I don't know about that. But like, yeah, we were talking about like, um. Godzilla like, adaptation. What do, we need this, what do we need this for? Like, One Piece is already a masterpiece good. Why do I? Well, what do I, why, right, why do I even so, so, want to look at? I, I, I'm gonna like point out something. There's a really good observation that um, uh, there's this one piece YouTuber, Randy Troy, who has like a filmmaking background, so he gives like mm-hmm. better analysis than your usual fan people. And he he had like a really astute observation. Um, why it matters is because when something is live action, it means this is a story that is wor- that is worthy of mainstream consumption. It is the most mainstream validation that you can have. Uh, and I think I'm being snobby about that. Like, we, uh, Gondor needs no king. Okay, Gondor has no king. We need no king. We don't need your live action. Okay. But here's, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is from the studio that gave us the live action Death Note and Cowboy Bebop. Oh shit! The biggest is question it? now is: Did they learn their lessons from those other two? Um, I think okay. Here's okay some what do you think though? So out of the person here who's like the least familiar with the One Piece canon, or has only read like fifteen chapters. But uh, I'm just curious. Did, did like did that like trailer on its own? Like, uh, how much do you think it appeals to like a normie sensibility? I have a function in this group. Um, <laughs> at least when it comes to manga and anime. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I. I had high hopes for Cowboy Bebop, and I tried Death Note just because I kept hearing about how great the manga and the anime were, and they just can't seem to figure out the feel that they want to get for the live action. They're like, here are all the story beats and visuals that you love so much from these other two um, media that it's been released as. Just hang on for the nostalgia and the member berries. It'll be fine. Eventually, this will actually start being its own thing, and they just can't seem to figure out how exactly to translate it to live action to have its own personality. And just being the IP is not enough. I mean, we've seen with all the other things that we always talk about on this podcast, and it's like Netflix and whoever they enlist to do this, they just can't figure it out. They just can't get their finger on the pulse of what actually made it good. They're just adapting it. They're not... Are you excited? You see, you excited to see the well, live did, action? Did, did, did you see the I, <laughs> what, what do you think of that yeah. trailer? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the trailer. It's just to to a normie, you're like, the fuck is going on? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the people who have watched, you know, who've been, who are familiar with it, they're like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I've seen that, I remember that, I remember that, okay, cool, yeah, sure, I'm going to see actual walking, talking people do it, cool, sweet. <laughs> the normie who has no idea what the fuck's going on, what is this shit Netflix throwing at me now? God damn it. <laughs> So, so you didn't get like a feeling of like um you know oh this is like Pirates of the Caribbean fun and seas adventure oh my god <laughs> uh, Jack Sparrow right, only it, with this little stretchy kid they're they're leaning entirely on the legacy crowd to actually make it worth be successful they're not actually trying to figure out figure out yeah words they're not trying to figure out how to have it be its own thing how to stand on its own two feet. And thus far, Netflix has not shown me anything to give them confidence about that this is going to be any different. I hope it's different. I hope the trailer is not indicative of what it's going to be, but based on the trailer, it just looks like more trashy Netflix wannabe <laughs> adaptation. Mm. Oh, oh, the truth hurts. Uh, yeah, I, I, all no, the trust actors. Me, trust me, I want to be wrong. I desperately want to be wrong because, I mean, I. I mean, just listening to you guys for the last hour talking about it is just there's so much passion about it. I mean, how can they possibly fuck it up? But you know, I was just passionate about Cowboy Bebop. I love the shit out of the anime series, and the show only got halfway there. There were points where they started realizing maybe we shouldn't make a carbon copy to everything from the fucking anime. And some of the stuff that was its own personality, I actually liked. I'm disappointed they didn't get a chance to actually keep going with it for another season. What was this original but, stuff are, are that they, you enjoyed uh, in it, just out of curiosity? Uh, Making Julia a badass? Yeah, I liked her, and I, I liked the actress, too, uh, Pineda. I, I, I've liked her in pretty much everything I've seen her in. I think she's pretty... Mm. She's been pretty so you like, you like her um, version of uh, Faye Valentine? The only character I'd... No, let's see. Uh, oh, boy. Man, you're having to make me go on the back in the Wayback Machine here. I try to forget that damn series. Um, <laughs> I, I was not a big fan of John Cho as Spike. I yeah. thought they could have. I, I, I like John Cho. Love that guy. He was not Spike to me. He not just, at all. Not at all. That was unfortunate. I like him a lot. And like, I feel like a longer time ago, uh, he would have felt more like a, a good choice, but uh, not, not now. Not now. Yeah. And then there was... Uh, God, I hated everything they did with Vicious. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, just they totally flushed the toilet with him. I just, why he was not threatening, he was not antagonizing, he wasn't interesting at all. It just, how did you fuck up Vicious? I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he was so curious shit in the anime, but they fucked him up in live action. <laughs> I, they were just, it was just like you know. Let, let's make the, the the evil toxic, the ultimate toxic masculine. But instead, he, uh, you know, he's not like a horribly complex character. He just needs to look really cool. <laughs> and the, the considering it was from the guy that gave us um, Thor Ragnarok, that just further threw me for a loop. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Chris Yost. Yes, he, he, just, he cannot win every battle. Apparently, yeah, apparently not. So anyway, getting back to the root point. I sincerely hope that the showrunners for the live-action One Piece have learned their lesson from what's happened before, but I'm not keeping my hopes up. Well, you want to hear something funny? Um, I'm, like, uh, arranging this, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to arrange on Labor Day weekend to, like, uh, have a friend come up from Maryland and then have another friend from New York and then drive in and have, like, a big One Piece party where we all watch the live-action for better or worse. (laughs) 
Awesome. Uh, we, right. we don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm going to try and avoid the reviews so I can go in blind. Um, the expect- I, I want it to be good. Oh, God, I see goodness in there. But I also see, like, a bajillion warning signs that are just, like, red flags. Like, you know, the, the Nami actress just seems really flat and modern in all of her fucking lines. Uh, Arlong looks terrible. <laughs> um, how many episodes is, is it going to be? Ten. Oh wait, no eight. No, eight. eight. It's eight. So it's eight. Okay. And it's going to try it and was ten. most of uh, most of all of the East Blue stuff. I was going to say um, we did a podcast about it and like not say a single word about what we think about before the podcast. Okay. <laughs> not uh, together, can, do you mind? Uh, Sorry, go on. Oh, I I want to uh, chime in here and because I've okay I've had the uh, I haven't had well I've hoped for the One Piece live action as like previously. But I've been, like, sort of following it, like, following every production, every, like, the producers and what they said and everything, like, uh, concerning to it. So I probably, if I were to guess, I probably have the most knowledge out of anyone in the podcast about, like, what's going on with, uh, like, the live action stuff. Like, has anyone uh, seen, like, the YouTube channel uh, Knox or... It's like this anime channel, and like they've I done like. I haven't uh, seen. Oh, are you talking about the Reverie, where they they brought in like the the, the guy who's like the show head writer uh, who's coming? Uh, yeah, but like it's like it's, it's a different channel. It's called like uh, Knox, and like they basically uh, there's this one uh, video that they made like reacting to the old anime live action stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like one of the showrunners, and like he, they like publicly like criticize like like how like they did it in the past specifically. Um, like, they criticized, like, the Cowboy Bebop, uh, live action, and how, like, they can't do stuff, and he said, like, literally, they can't do stuff literally, uh, so, so literally from the, uh, manga, and you have to find ways to, like, find that balance, and apparently, like, I, while I don't have faith, like, they can do it, because I don't think you can really do One Piece, like, like, what I think is, it's gonna be, like, just a 5 out of 10, with some, like, corny lines, some cringe possible scenes, but, like, like how they're doing it right now, like the person they got, I feel like is like the best chance they got. Like yes. the, his, uh, his, uh, specific line to the uh, Netflix, like producers where it's like, Hey, if you're going to do one piece, you're going to have to do it with me. I'm the best person in Hollywood to probably just do it because most people are not going to be able to do this. I like his enthusiasm, his look, uh, are you talking about the, the, I mean, the, the Luffy kid or like the producer, uh, just to I'm like talking clarify. About Luffy kid. All right. Um, but yeah, the showrunner, like, it's, like, listening to, like, interviews with him, like, he seems like a genuine, like, manga, uh, anime, like, manga, uh, geek, and, like, it seems like he's, it seems like, even if it will fail, like, he is gonna try the best he, uh, can to, like, uh, get it to a shape where it can look, like, passable. At least that's what I think. I still think it's going to be a 5 out of 10. I still think it's going to have, like, some of the problems. I know, I've seen the warning spikes, too. Like, uh, I, but I also trust, like, the actors. Like, I mean, like, at least, like, Luffy's actor, I really trust. Uh, Zoro's actor seems pretty good. Sanji's actor seems really good. Uh, Usopp's, uh, seems, like, fun and stuff. Um, I haven't, I honestly haven't seen that much of, uh, Nami's character. So I can't really speak on the point of uh, like Nami being like uh, like flat. I mean, I'll, I'll have to see. Like Oda specifically said that like he found the Nami scene like where she breaks down in Arlong Park like to be perfect, or at least, uh, like one of his like favorite scenes in the live action. So 
I don't know if it's going to be bad or good. I just think, uh, mostly I'm just hoping that Oda is, like, uh, right about, like, this. Because it is Oda's, like, want to bring One Piece into, like, international territories with this live-action thing. And mostly my hope for this One Piece uh, live-action is to give, like, Oda his, like, dream of bringing live-action to the world. Or to the U.S., I guess. It is right. funny that, like, you know, Oda is, like, so rich and successful, but he still feels like he has a chip on the soldier on his shoulder just because he sees so many, like, you know, kids with Naruto headbands and doing the Naruto run, and he's like, why can't I be America? Why can't I do- dominate the world? Why, 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 why can't I have that? Why aren't little kids... Uh, what you call it uh uh yelling uh you know gomu gomu no punch mm-hmm. but i mean uh, th- there was like one good scene where like you know luffy's giving his big speech and then the the bird the news bird flies away and he says mutiny and i was like oh that, that, that's cute that feels like a really good way to like uh you're appeasing the one piece fans uh you're also like making the one piece humor translate in a context that uh you know is a little bit more palpable for a mainstream audience uh th- that's kind of nice but it also suffers from that link where um it looks really expensive, but it doesn't look expensive enough. So you have like these really good looking sets, but like the the co- the costumes like don't really match it. They feel like uh uh they don't feel as gritty as like you know all the ships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also have like you know the the, the, the stretching CGI looks terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, but like uh, every stretching CGI looks terrible. There's no way we can I, like every time I see like a stretching CGI, it's never looked good. I don't believe I've seen anything like movie wise, big budget wise that's has stretching powers that looks like genuinely good. So. That's true. I guess I was just like, you know, I, I, I want like you know Spider Verse level talent. Um, oh God, yeah, we haven't talked about Spider Verse. We got to get, get into that train. Spider Verse. Uh, also, um, uh, the uh, Kid Mystery. So you want to debate me about uh, the writer strike? Oh yeah. That, that, well, let's finish up this. Uh, uh, topic first. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. Just to wrap up the one piece before we move into another thing. Um, like, uh, I, I, you know, the Spider Verse was made for a hundred million. The Ninja Turtles movie looks really good. That was made for seventy million. Uh, you know, I just want those like hyper talented people uh, be putting together this one piece. The the, the next level Wachowskis. Uh, someone who knows how to like you know make the aesthetic work. But uh, you know, it, it's like one of those things where it's like you won't know it until you see it. And and uh, what I've seen seems promising, but it hasn't quite like hit me like, like this is perfect. So I'm going in. I want to love it. I want to be excited. But I, obviously, I've seen you know even more blaring warning signs. And I think One Piece is ten times harder to adapt than Cowboy Bebop. And we all experienced. Welcome to the ouch, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, I have uh, to to its credit, I have experienced at least one or two people who've. Uh, now have been like you know they they've seen the live action trailer and they've been like oh oh maybe I should check out the anime so ah. <laughs> it is it is doing uh, some good like I bet yeah they, my friends are asked me like oh, where do I find it and so it's 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 not all bad so now you mentioned that uh, Isaac um, I had to look up how much uh, they're spending per episode on One Piece how much do you think that they're uh, budgeting for this. One I've heard is it's between ten and eighteen million, I think, per an episode. Um, from what I've heard, uh, eighteen is million it like per episode. Yeah. So, Ooh, so it, it, it's it's up there. It, you know, it's not quite the secret invasion level money, but like, you know, it's this that's weird how it's dragon money. 
<laughs> yeah, was that That's how much money amazing. Spent? So you can't say yes. they're not putting they're not putting their fe- best foot forward on this. Um, you, you know, I, I would love it. You know, as a weeb, like you know, one, manga is like more mainstream than it's ever been, and I also feel like you know now that video game movies are going to kind of reaching their uh, nadir and they're finally seeing their time in the sun. Um, it feels like we're uh, just on the cusp of the manga revolution, but you need that that first good one to really hit uh, to like you know. And I, I would love it to be this one. The kid, the, all the kids look adorable, and all their behind the scenes stuff. They have a lot of like chemistry, you know. Uh, uh, the, the heart's in the right place. Did you see that clip where they had like uh, the you know what you call it the, the the live action Luffy go to Japan meet the voice of uh, Japanese Luffy? And then I saw she a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, saw, yeah. I saw the and, clip. And, and then she she like gives him a straw hat and tells him uh, oh. you know bring this back to me when you're a great pirate. Dude, nice. That is full of love. Uh, oh yeah, so, they also so, had like a. <laughs> Sorry. They also had uh, him go to uh, the, the actual like manga like studio and like meet some of the like editors and uh, people who make the One Piece manga. And, God, like, I, that super that, that is my, my my ultimate dream. Is I, I want to either see Ichira Oda dragged before like a Comic Con stage, or uh, this will never happen. But I would I would love to be a fly on the wall and like get to meet him or either another uh, mangaka creator. Um. So. What what debate would there be for the writer strike? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, wait, is that all we're talking about? Uh, um, is, that, is that all for the One Piece live action, or did anyone? Not? I think I think we've ever done with uh, is there anything right. else. But yeah, yeah, I think we've we've really exhausted One Piece live action. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's what's the debate? All right. Well, I feel okay. Listen, Keith, I've heard your uh, thoughts on the uh, strike. Uh, before you've told me in like uh messenger dm stuff right okay well am i am i correct you're correct i think uh like my my my, my mainly my take is uh inconclusive leaning toward uh good pay um my thing is um i feel like uh some of like uh your uh like rhetoric in uh public and uh like what you've told me in the past is uh i disagree with with the writer strike i think the writer strike and uh ergo the uh uh sag after um what you, uh uh and uh, i believe the marvel uh vfx thing uh that you uh is going for a union right now am i wrong okay. about that yes the marvel vfx artists are trying to unionize yeah what do you feel that you, i've said that you disagree with um i believe you said that uh well, I mean, you haven't been completely like disagreement uh, on it. You've have said that uh, it, it you is at this point it's a unknown. I believe. Am I um, wrong? I'll like say a, that I have not looked fully into the reasons. I haven't looked at all into the reasons against the strike, so I don't know if there are any good reasons. No, no, I'm saying like you haven't like looked or. Wait, uh, have you said? I believe you said. Like, I, I, now, I, I'm just curious, God Kid Mystery. Are you like pro or anti strike? Like, uh, what is your position that's so contrary uh, to what, what Keith? I'm Keith okay. Said? I'm. I am very like. Hold on, let me get my doc up because I had like this whole like thing where I wanted to uh, get my points a little bit across uh, in a simpler way. Um, I'm very like a pro of the uh, writer strike thing. Uh, I'm very because like m- mostly because of the uh, I'm wanting to go into entertainment industry myself as like a writer slash animator slash all that and I want to make sure 
like my future specifically when I get into that is like secured and not uh basically a gig job or uh replaced by like uh AI stuff and right. um I uh like if uh, you said you haven't uh have you looked into some of the uh uh reasons for the strike Keith uh yes uh and... how extensively um, I'll say service level, but yeah, sure. what I what do you disagree with? Um, you, I believe, uh, in the previous like podcast I was in, you uh said like it, like my general impression was like you're kind of unknown, not leaning towards or against the uh, strike, or just like I guess in- my answer is like it's complex. Like yeah, yeah, it's uh, complex. yeah. We definitely want people to get paid, but where does the money come from? Uh, that uh. Uh, Steve Arnell m- m- spoke up and he's like, yeah, this is not the way to do it. And I didn't look uh, enough into like um, other ways of doing it. So th- I, I'm not, I, I can't say for sure that this is the best way to do it because I haven't looked into um, why other, other ways to do it. That's well, all. okay. Well, on your point on Steve and Mel, uh, I believe uh, recently we had a, uh, like a, Photo of uh, Stephen Amell uh, in on the strike uh, thing. Okay, so that's that was, yeah, that's uh, I maybe change his position. Maybe it's Hollywood bullshit of just like uh, uh, if if you don't get in line, you, you don't get in line, you get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, well, I think the, there's a debate here. Like, uh, well, I, well, what I'm saying is, uh, I think that it, uh, um, I think that it's just like a just a general net positive for the uh strike thing because uh mostly because it is really the most like a direct approach on uh because like we've had uh, people had uh uh like conversations before with the big studios with uh I believe it is the AMPT AMPTP mm-hmm. uh that have uh talked about like some of the others uh talked about like greater pay and all this stuff. I believe they've done like stuff before striking, but now it seems like after like staggering approaches that it has not like been good. Uh, like it has not been like uh, successful in like doing the others, uh, doing other stuff in the, uh, in the training industry. And it seems like striking is like the last option. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my general impression, um, a lot of the, uh, um, I remember, like, uh, you saying, like, you feel like some that maybe it would be a good idea because of like some uh, writers would, uh, like, some writers that you disagree with or think make bad media wouldn't uh, would just be rewarded. I believe right. that was your uh, yeah. Uh, one of I your guess points. like yeah, like the only thing I can think of like with how things are is like um, it keeps art competitive and that pushes uh, better art to being made versus like if there's no consequent whatsoever to something that you make that, you know, offends a lot of people or is, is bad, then there's no incentive to be better. You can just phone anything in and, and you'll be fine. So, but I guess, yeah, I guess like, that's like the only other side I can think to it. But once again, I do want people to be able to 
Um, well, uh, can I uh, give 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 some interesting uh, insight that I got recently? Um, I was on a vacation with um, so my dad's, uh, which I guess technically is my stepbrother, and he, he got a promotion. Uh, so he moved up from being kind of an assistant to a management company to uh, now he's like a creative executive, mm-hmm. and he, he he thinks some of the d- demands of the uh, WGA are just dumb. Like one of the demands that they insist uh, upon is. Um, like they they want every um show to have a mandatory writers room and and uh, he thinks that's a dumb demand because like not every show is, is like going to be built like a network sitcom that has to produce like 24 or 22 episodes uh for like a a whole season mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of net, uh streaming shows are like you know just 10 shows or maybe it's like something like that Taylor Sheridan guy where he just writes it himself or he just has one or two people and that uh, ultimately, um, the writers' rooms uh, shouldn't have some prerequisite mandatory. It should all be based on what the showrunner wants to do and how they want to run their room, mm-hmm. uh, because every writers' room uh, functions very differently. Like a network sitcom or you know, my uh, or uh, like a Law and Order show is not going to be run the same as like a YA uh, show on. Netflix animated series or whatever and to impose that is kind of an unreasonable demand mm-hmm. that you just have to hire 10 people to take up the space right uh, so and he also like sort of said that the WGA is kind of disorganized and that out of all the guilds like the DGA is really easy to deal with they're super professional and they also have like a lot more because like uh, you know if you piss off the DGA um, who are you going to get on your line you're going to have Martin Scorsese you're going to have Christopher Nolan you're going to have uh, uh, Steven Spielberg uh, but like most writers don't have that sort of same level of clout with the, a few exceptions of like super producer writers like, um, I don't know, uh, Ryan Murphy or, um, uh, but but they're they're so high. And he also gave me a little bit of insight that there are a lot of hypocrites where a lot of like the big level people signed like huge deals before the strike and then they went out and uh, oh. like you were on the picket line. So it's kind of like you you, you two faced motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, showing support and solidarity, man. Come on. Yeah, showing support and solidarity while 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 getting their their big bags. Uh, it, it's interesting because like it would be nice for them to win, but I think one of the reasons why it's going so long, and I feel like the writers are going to kind of be his prediction is he feels like the actors are going to get what they want. They have like a lot more power, and eventually it'll probably be solved. And like uh, probably by September is you're going to hear an end to the actor strike, uh, or at least that's what he thinks. He could be wrong. Um, and but the writers, uh, it's gonna they're, they're gonna be starved out and kind of forced to get like uh, you know half of what they wanted, and um, you know the the writers' room is like one big thing, and I think another reason is uh, um, I think we talked like I don't think the structure he I asked him him too he thinks the structure is available to like be able to have these like um uh. You know, residual uh, structure where you get the. Am I using the right term? Residuals. Uh, yeah, I believe it's residuals. Know, resi- yeah, all right, residuals. So, yeah. residuals. All right. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the infrastructure exists to like give people uh, like really good residuals until like eventually all streaming becomes like cable television and there's a free streaming you can watch with ads. Until we get that, that's like you know just a online Netflix channel that you go and you watch Netflix like regular TV. 
TV. Uh, I, I hear Peacock has something like that where you can go watch streaming, um, you know, selections of shows if you don't want to like actually search out the show you want. But until there's something like that with a good uh, ad platform, because I think Netflix only made like um, fifty-five million dollars uh, this year from their ad-supported stuff, which to mm. me doesn't, you know, that that kind of money is like, you know, maybe you're gonna get like maybe two or three dollars for like a thousand views, you know, probably worse than YouTube money uh, in terms of residuals. Yeah, um, but and I- yeah, like that, that. That's the big problem with like. Uh, they have the strike. Like, where's the money going to come from? Um, so first on the uh, writer's room uh, uh, point that uh, uh, you brought up, um, there, on my notes, there actually is a specific parts about that. Uh, um, according to one of the demands uh, by the WAG, uh, uh, many of the rules around uh, writing TV are also still based on an increasingly outdated model. Writers might have expected to spend at least almost a year working on a 22 to 25 episodes uh, season of broadcasting TV. Now the average season is much so, uh, shorter. Popular shows like Bridgerton have only made like eight episodes. Not only does that diminish writers per episode, they can limit them from working on other problems if they're tied to longer exclusive exclusivity on like uh, uh, shows. I don't... I, uh, I have like a list of like... Uh, specific like demands that uh, they had on the uh, uh, for uh, I'm just gonna say WAG instead of just saying WAG because that's a lot more simpler uh, for uh, WAG. Uh, it's but not WGA. I, I, I thought, thought it was WGA. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking oh, at it right now. Oh, it's WGA. I must have. Uh, I think I'm uh, like it's, it's like 2023 20, pattern of demands. Yeah. Is that would be. Ma- no, is that the official? No, it's Writers Guild of America, right? Uh, WGA, Writers yeah. Guild of America. Yeah. Um, but um, there's also, like, I think the their more point is, like, uh, TV shows wants to staff, like, a certain numbers for a period of time. Uh, like, they want, like, uh, a lot of uh, TV shows are making, like, mini rooms or only, like, handfuls of, like, writers are working on a series. And they're like often employed during development before a show is uh, greenlit. That means uh, it basically means uh, uh, writers can work on like a series that doesn't get picked up as much as a year after they work on it, or not at all. And has uh, circumvented some of the pro- uh, protections that the WGA members have uh, been uh, have uh, been from being un- overworked and understaffed. Like these. Uh, essentially, like the rise of like streaming stuff has made a little bit of like the writers' room just kind of uh, uh like cause some problems because of like uh how like shows are being every uh, ever uh, produced and like staffed. I think uh, is this part of like where it says address the abuses of the mini rooms? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and essentially, right? I think I believe I I'm not an expert on like what uh your stepfather like specifically said or like what uh the wga are like claiming but i think uh if i were to take an educated guess i would say that i think they're uh wanting to like more update like uh the new ways of like writing instead of uh uh like keeping to like these weird uh ways that like the rise of streaming have made writers room a, a bit like wacky 
I guess, and like just make it more up to date to give to reflect better pay and stuff. At least that's my interpretation. Um, my fingers are crossed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think we agree with um pretty much everything. Um, and that the the, the it's 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 just complex. Uh, it goes from like compensation down to where does the money come from to, I hope they figure this out because I need my Cobra Kai um, and don't want to live without it. Um, the, yeah, uh, is there anything else the, we can the, talk about or was, should we go to the next subject? Was, uh, was, the, was the final season uh, in production or did it, was it stopped because of the strike? I think it got stopped. It was like, halted. Yeah. Ugh. Just one more season to go. We're almost finished and... Uh, well, like it has been talked before, I mean, the, the whole economics behind streaming is a clusterfuck right now anyway. So having the writers and the actors strike over that and artificial intelligence was pretty much inevitable. There was no way that they were going to get around it. Because, you know, the studios are going to clutch onto their money as tightly and dearly as they possibly can, even though they're all bleeding money left and right, because everybody had their collective heads up their asses about how they were going to recoup the money from streaming. I mean, they... Price of the service is way too low, but they were pricing low to get the consumers to come in and t- you know actually start to jump on it. And now everybody's starting to complain, oh, my streaming service is going up another $2 a month. How can I possibly afford this? I might as well just go back to cable television. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, well, they had to recoup the money somehow. I mean, Netflix was spending money like drunken sailors on all these original development projects. Mm-hmm. Let alone every other platform, Paramount Plus, what have you. Well, this was, all this was inevitable. Nobody yeah, just just nobody wanted to admit it and actually put their foot down and say, yeah, um, this needs to be at least break even. I mean, I we're all, they're so desperate like, and hungry for profits. Like, no, this has to break even. Everybody still has to make a living. All the people a, are actually making the content. I have a small hope that like there'll be a sudden snap and a whole bunch of these streaming services will just disappear and we'll have to go back to um, uh, Physical media, I I kind of really want that. Like, just I, I make that like having again. this shelf space back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fewer Actually, things it won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen. But like, yeah, the, that, like making it special again. Uh, it, it was what's really special when like the the DVD came out or when it finally aired on HBO. Like, I'm being nostalgic. We're not going back. But so anyway. Oh yeah, did you hear like all the wacky stuff they're doing with AI with uh, uh, studios like making AI task force and seeing how much uh, they can uh, like cut uh, cost and like lobbying people to like uh, make sure they, they can use AI without any taxes? That stuff is wild. <laughs> any way they can save a buck as well as make a buck, they're going to explore it. I mean, the yeah. fact that they're asking background actors to sign over the rights oh, yeah. to their faces... <laughs> after initial appearance with no residuals coming from subsequent use, like, you've got to be effing kidding me. That is complete and utter bullshit. Because all right, all, well, every act, every actor starts out as a background actor. They, they're extras, sure, and sure. they get, get on the call sheet. That's how they work their way up. Nobody's just discovered on the street and just thrown into a starring role right away. It's happened, but it's like one in a million that that ever happens to, of all the people that get thrown into Hollywood and then churned out. So... I mean, asking those background actors to sign over their potential livelihoods from the get-go, that is complete and utter bullshit, and the studio should have known better to ever propose it. 
So oh, I don't yeah. blame them. I don't blame them for striking against that kind of bullshit. Mm. Yeah, uh, a lot of like corporate overreach. Like, how, how much more could we milk it? Uh, you know, uh, we we completely understand. I remember there was like this quote from Bob Iger uh, that like uh, a lot of people like pushed back against, where he was like, uh, oh, "I'm sorry, uh, you know, I wish they understood how how complicated this is." <laughs> uh, and he was like from his like millionaires retreat. Oh yeah, didn't you? Uh, didn't Bybiker was confirmed to be the person who said we'll uh, make those people, uh, we'll make the writers just homeless, and then they'll come back to us? I think that I don't was. Think he said I don't that. think it was him. It nope, was I, that would have been bigger news. Well, no, no, no. Um, I, I remember like it was like Ron Perlman like implied that it was uh, uh, Bob Iger who said that specifically. Here, here, uh, we're almost on three hours, and uh, I think we should be closing up, um, and we should talk about Spider Verse. And especially, especially, specifically, Spider Verse. But is there anything else we should um, do before we start to try to wrap this up? Uh, maybe yeah. like a, a, a rapid round of like uh, things you've been enjoying, and then go into Spider Verse, or um, uh, just to make sure everyone uh, got versa. like you know things they're getting. Let's do Spider Verse, and then rapid fire things you've been into, and then close up. Irving. Yep. Derek. All right, um, MJ. What are your thoughts about this? Uh, was it was it this was those like across the Spider Verse? Yeah, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, I know it gets a little confusing because they just changed that one word in the long title. Into <laughs> um, the Spider Verse became across the Spider Verse, and then there what's the third one going to be called? Into across and beyond. Beyond the Spider Verse, yeah, probably because I got to do the whole Star Trek Beyond thing. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was a great sequel to the first one. Um, I'm a little disappointed the soundtrack wasn't as fantastic as the first one because that first soundtrack was bloody amazing. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a good continuation of uh, Miles' story and expanding on the ripple effect of him becoming Spider-Man throughout the Spider-Verse. You know, I kind of find it funny that there's just Spider-Men across, or Spider-People across all the universes and all the other heroes. Um, even though they briefly touching that on that one comment from Spider-Man 2099 and Earth-9999. <laughs> um, Earth-9999. Yeah, I, I kind of like the fact that they kind of pivoted to making uh, Spider-Gwen the center of the story and her life and her Earth and how things are for her, and I'm kind of wondering who they're going to center on as the main character for the third one. If it's going to be like Peter B. Parker's story or if it's going to be a, something like that, but of course, that's it. It's still Miles' story, but uh, I don't know if it like completely like got rid of his focus. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, uh, okay, we, let me put it this way: that they expanded much that much more on Spider Gwen's life in hmm. addition to Miles' life. Kind of made it like the one uh, Miles one A and Gwen one B because they were pretty much the parallel stories for the entire um, film. Oh. So I'm just wondering what they're going to make, like, the 1C for Beyond the Spider-Verse. They're going to come back around as Peter B. Parker if they're going to uh, go more into Spider-Man 2099's life, even though they seem to simplify that pretty much for this particular movie. But, yeah, overall, I really liked it. I'm glad to see it's uh, making bank and it's helping to further cement that there is going to be a third one if if and when they could ever make the third one. But, uh, yeah, I really loved it. Kid Mystery, what'd you think? Ah, I thought it was good. I mean, yeah, uh, it's like one of those movies that you just know is going to be just like like a nine or a ten out of ten, and I think it delivered. It got that. Uh, it some people in my generation are saying it's their version of uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I like that. We 
so the the vacation that chemistry and I went on went we went to VidCon, and uh, that was a fun experience. Oh, uh, we went to like one panel that had uh, animated animators at it, and it was really fun to hear like all these animators. Each one of them were like just each one of them had to bring up across the Spider Verse as like a new benchmark has been hit for creativity and animation. So, yeah. It's a shame that Spireverse had to be, uh, with all its goodness, had to be made uh, using the slave minds of the animators. <laughs> oh, like the that the, the animators yeah. were, got, were pre-crushed. Oh, they were uh, uh, the people who like uh, run the animation team, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, who also made the uh, uh, Mitchells and versus uh, the Mitchell family versus the machines uh, are like kind of notorious for like uh, over producing their like animators for like deadlines and stuff and mm. redoing a bunch of scenes that's why uh, i heard that the chris lord and phil miller uh, i mean that the one hand that makes the what makes their stuff so good but they, they often revise things and have them redo entire sequences and yeah. that's one big reason why the fourth one isn't going to come until uh isn't coming next year yeah and also that's kind of why the reason why there's like so many alternate scenes and how, why the uh, uh release of spireverse is like so was like so like wacky like remember like how the audio was like uh, in reports of like audio being weird, or, like different like scenes between different theaters was there. Mm-hmm. That's most likely the reason why, because of like all the redrawings of all that stuff with film, uh, uh, and the other person. Yeah, the audio did get a little too glitchy at times, but then that the kind of add to the whole atmosphere of how glitchy and jumping between dimensions was in that movie. So yeah, it kind of fit. But any other thoughts on across Spider Verse mystery? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's a really good movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, what can you say about Spider-Verse that hasn't been, uh, really said? It's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. And Isaac, what'd you think? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I think if all the uh, diversity movies were as good as yeah. Spider-Verse, uh, you could just, uh, you know, uh, uh, point at people and say, you're just a bigot who doesn't like people of different colors uh, in movies, and it would be a much uh, simpler world. But uh, most of it isn't as good as Spider-Verse. Uh, I thought uh, some of the Gwen scenes were a little indulgent, and it was a little bit slow, but I thought it was, like, so visually imaginative and so playful. And I also love the idea that, like, it, it, uh, you know, um, the, the main villain or the, the throwaway villain who's usually used to o- open up a superhero movie uh, becomes the yeah, big bad was, just because he was made fun. That was quite the twist. I, yeah, I was like alright, can't wait to get this guy out of the way. Who are we really fighting? And oh! Oh! <laughs> he doesn't go away. And he's, oh! That, that was like a really smart twist. Yes. Although, um, it does lead to a little minor complaint that like, you know, the, the alternate versions of Spider-Man villains are so fun. Uh, it kind of took away from that, but it, it was like a really smart idea. The idea that like the, 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 the first, you know, introductory gag villain <laughs> actually becomes a threat because you, you wanted to get rid of him like the, you know, introductory gag villain. And then he becomes this horrible existential threat where it was like, you know, it's the bagel effect. You get a bagel thrown. Now you're going to destroy the universe now he's a freaking multiversal destroyer that was yeah that was cool that was really cute because like i was i was looking at like oh he's really creative but like yeah i can see how they'll get tired of him with his powers and they move on but then the powers just kept him building and building and yeah so what'd you think of the uh, uh, leonardo da vinci vulture 
Loved it. <laughs> he, he was really cool. Uh, he was really imaginative. It was just like so much imagining. Like I, I know, like uh, what you call a lot of people think Hobie Jones is going to become like uh, you know Spider Punk is going to become this generation defining characters that's going to push like young people uh towards leftism uh but like you know the fact that so much care is given to like uh so much and it's so visually inventive i guess i I was a little disappointed that it didn't have like a better end point because like at the end it feels like it's building up to this climax and you're like all right what's the point it's gonna leave it and i did like the ending where you see like the evil miles morales who turns Mm -hmm. into the prowler and i'm like oh god this is how you know next level people are working on this because uh none of the people who work at marvel uh would think of this this is like such a such a brilliant idea yeah um i I guess continuing from that uh any other any other thoughts on across um i thought it was a brilliant addition a little bloated but like uh i i love that it's like a um you know such an influential i love the memes of like you know uh what you would call miguel o'hara it's a canon event (laughs) 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 they they played like the stinger music and they show him in front of the titanic or the holocaust or some other tragedy it's a canon event bro Although obviously I'm sure that they're going to like Miles Morales is going to come to some sort of resolution. I'm curious to see what that resolution is, but we're going to find out somehow that there's another way to avoid canon events. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed though uh, in some aspect because like I thought, did, didn't we kind of like um, do this in the first movie? The idea of canon events and the idea that like all the spider people are united by moments of tragedy. Uh, uh, that was like the big, I remember that was a big scene where like um, when his uncle Aaron dies and then all the other, you know, spider hams like well, my Ben Ham Parker died, and then Penny Parker was like, yeah, yeah, we all have these moments, and I thought that was kind of like addressing the canon event, so I thought we kind of like already uh, dealt with that, but I I, I hope uh, the, the team of Lord and Miller come up with a brilliant new take on it. Let's see. Yeah, I, I'm... I, I, so, like, you're saying, like, they dress in the first movie, but I guess, like... Uh, it was like thematic versus like uh, a world versus, danger. I guess, universal. Like, like, uh, like if you defy this canon event, uh, it'll break the universe. Which means that the Spider Men are locked into this thing where certain people are allowed to die, or else the universe uh, blows up. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious how they they resolve this because, like, um, it's one of those things that I, I usually hate about heroes that Miles is doing right now that I hope they justify where. Like, he's being told, hey, look, if you do this, like, your family, everybody's family, trillions of people die. So you have to let your father, where are you going, Miles? I don't care. I'm going to save him. Like, dude, like, you, like, get, like, I don't know. Like, I need more of a discussion of why you're going against this. You're, you're right. It's like one of those emotionally frustrating moments where it's like, you know, Miles is the nice kid, but he's not a super genius and he doesn't really have a solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, so what, what's the alternative choice? Uh, it, it was very like Miss Marvel where it's like, yeah, uh, well, let the exploding nuke kid uh, walk free. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, you know, you, you didn't, it could have taken just a line. Oh, uh, the red scar know everything about nor nor reactions we can diffuse it but they, they didn't even do that so I, i'm curious to see what the resolution is and how they'll justify it because like as of right now it looks like miles has no solution nope, uh, just, for this horrible thing of the universe that everyone has to live with just that like you know everyone. it's bad and we have to repel it yeah everyone else has to go live with this miles but you're you're gonna 
take your chances on nuking everyone ever in your universe. But, you know, yeah, yeah. for a great story. Yeah, they're trying to bank on the fact of what would you do in that situation? Would you look at the great... I mean, we have the benefit of, you know, being the viewer and we can see the big picture literally and figuratively. But, you know, they're in the story. They're in the moment. Where, what would you do in that moment? And, you know, Miles' default mindset is there. there is no... There is always hope. There is no way I can give up on somebody for the quote-unquote greater good. So yeah, that's what I, I bank on. I get, I, I, I get it. Is it. I guess, like... uh a tad too too simplified versus giving me just like give us maybe one line of like there's only just a one percent chance it'll work out or something like that like um what i would do is like look at all the information all information says like all these computers from across the multi galaxies says if i push this button i don't actually save my family i kill everyone but i'm gonna do it anyway like I, 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 I'm being too literal, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's nitpicky, but it's just... Well, like, another thing that I was also, like, a little confused about, that that also reminds me, is that mm-hmm. I thought he already, Miles already had, because, like, Miles, the idea is that, like, Spot's gonna go kill his dad, uh, but uh, didn't Miles already have his canon event with the death of his uh, uncle? So, so like, yeah. uh, like I, I wish there was, like, a little better criteria in terms of, like, uh, does he need another canon event? I he already learned great... It sounds like responsibility. they're saying there's like multiple canon events, and one of them is the death of the lieutenant. Right, but they're also pointing out the fact that uh, Miles himself is already an aberration because he wasn't sp- he wasn't supposed to be the one bitten by the spider from Earth forty two. Yeah, well, I so think it from Earth forty two was brought into his world by the spot when uh, he was working on the collider with the uh, kingpin. So Viles isn't even supposed to be a spider. Man or a spider yeah. person. Well, I think I, all this is spiraling out of control. I think it's impl- implied that like it just course corrected, though it was an aberration. But like it just kind of course correct- corrected to like this universe where all the can events happen. So no matter what, even if an aberration happens, they'll eventually course correct so that this can event must like can events are still persistent, even if it's uh, uh, like changes a little bit. Right, and so when he goes to Earth forty two, and he sees, he finds out his dad is dead instead of Uncle Aaron. It's like, okay, that's a can event for me, and that was something like that was going to happen, not, not necessarily for whoever's tied to the fate of the spider from Earth forty two, because they haven't even gotten into what actually happened to Peter Parker from Earth forty two after the spider got mm-hmm. sucked from Earth forty two into the other into Miles' world. So yeah, there definitely could still be a Peter Parker. Are you sure? World. I'm pretty sure it was implied that no, Earth he, he died. Miles yeah, that, in the yeah. first one he he died. Uh, I think that was the aberration of that like the, uh, the, uh, the Peter from Miles Earth, yes, but not from yeah. Earth 42. But Earth 42 was supposed to be Miles actually. I'm pretty sure it's implied that the spider from Earth 42 was supposed to bit that version of Miles. There's a scene in there where it's like the spider's transported and it's right right next to Earth 42 Miles. So it's, I don't think in Earth 42 there was ever a uh, Peter Parker, but instead it was just going to be Miles Morales first. But wasn't there? There's two Spider Men. There's the Spider Man that dies in the in the first Spider Verse movie, and mm-hmm. then there's Peter B. Parker, who kind of serves as like the composite of like all the sp- the live action Spider Man movie characters, who serves as Miles's mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they, they we're talking about the Peter Parker that should still exist in evil Miles world. 
Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, and the the, the 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 spider that was supposed to get it never bit Peter Parker there, and it never bit or it never bit Miles there, and right. it, it, yeah, that that's kind of like why he's the uh, the uh, aberration. So we could still have that Peter Parker in play. But I'm saying it's I don't think that's true. I don't think that there was ever supposed to be a Peter Parker in Earth 42. There's only I, why I, I, I see what you mean, but I didn't see anything saying that. A depowered Peter Parker isn't just walking around being a regular person. I mean, he could be there, but he was never supposed to be bit. It was supposed to be Miles uh, in Earth Forty Two, the evil Miles that was supposed to be bit. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that I uh, I'll need confirmation on. I'm There's not. Yeah, well, we'll send you you Phil Lord and Miller will have to confirm it in the, the, the sequel. Uh, hold on, Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, and also uh, I believe there is a uh, Earth. 42-bit bytes. Right here, here's the scene. This is, uh, I'm going to copy image and paste it in general. Uh, This is the scene where it is implied that uh, uh, it was supposed to bite uh, uh, Miles from uh, Earth-42. Yeah, it's a storyboard, but it was that what actually showed in the movie. Yeah, that that's that's the scene oh, where it was like the screen cap uh, from the movie. Yeah, the screen cap oh. from the movie. It's where the spot is like going all crazy and it's showing his origin stuff. Got so it. that's why it's black and white. Got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I am trying. One thing I was okay, kind of curious to a- curious to ask you, Keith. Uh, yeah, what what? Cause obviously, the new turtles was. Um, uh, heavily inspired by uh, Spider-Verse. Why do you think it was so uh, mid? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I thought everything I've seen looks really uh, good from it. I think that they um, couldn't go all out. Like, um, there's like a big host of um, bad guys that showed up, and they're all fantastically uh, animated, and they serve as bad guys, but uh, I feel like they must have got some notes for like, hey, 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 hey don't make them all bad guys because then we can they'll probably sell better toys if they're good guys like it feels like they went back on some stuff like they just didn't go all the way with what they could have so it's never hit any kind of epic heights so it doesn't feel as cool as the scene where like all the alternative spider-man villains come in like uh what you would call peter parker's house absolutely in, uh, the first spot yeah yeah <laughs> no, it was it was mid as hell like it was just like they did it, and they didn't go too far. Um, there's like the human; all human characters are weirdly just grotesquely ugly. I have never <laughs> been a fan of like when animators do that. I know animators seem to love to do that, but like, uh, like a, a, when you, there's like the debate about April and how kind of ugly she looks, um, but it's her and every character, like every human character that just waddles and, and, and shambles onto the screen. <laughs> it's just like some kind of like grotesque caricature, and oh, uh, yeah. the uh, the defense I give that from what I heard from the production team is the idea is like so it should feel like a a kid's doodles from their trapper keeper of Beavis and Butthead uh, brought to life, which is why everyone, everyone looks so ugly and misshapen. That works. I, I mean, I'll, okay, that that it works for what they're going for, but I, I wonder like how big of an audience exists that wants that. Um, so I'm not sure. I guess I didn't see how much uh, they made this week because, like, yeah, I wasn't sure if, like uh, there'd mm, be a huge drop. Yeah, off. It seems like it 
seems like a, it, it is not really a huge hit. Everyone says it's successful, and there's already a sequel and a TV series. Uh, I think there was like a Midnight's Edge video where he said, like, yep. this, this Turtles exists just to fill licensing contractual yep. obligations. But I, I don't know. It's weird because, like, it feels like a lot of good ideas. Like, it feels like the freshest take I've seen on the turtles. I like that they they actually feel like real teenagers who are like doing jackass stunts. I think the when they're like talking over each other, it feels really cute and like oh, yeah. a new dynamic that we haven't quite seen before. Yeah, they are uh, greatest characters, and like the designs. Like, this is like some of the best that have, they've ever been, or how some of the best they've ever looked. It's just that the story they're in is just kind of like. Uh, we're going to turn everyone into mutants or something mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, I know this one. And then the <laughs> bad guys like, wait, we don't want to hurt everybody. And you're like, okay. Yeah. It feels like it kind of like you're putting the court, the, the cart before the horse where you're introducing all the other mutants when you should probably just introduce one versus like, Hey, let's just put in all the action figures. Or like, you know, if you're going to make, I, to me, I always hate, like, if you're going to make a bad guy commit to, just have them be bad guys. Don't have them be good at the end with a snap of a finger, which is they very much did in in the movie. Uh, Kid Mystery, what'd you think? Um, I mean, felt like a kids' movie with really good animation. So um, it didn't yeah. reach the heights of of Puss in Boots or Spider. No, Absolutely not. Did not. Not it didn't the rights of uh, TMNT two thousand seven. Ooh, I, 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 but I, I have high praise for two thousand seven. I love that movie. Uh, that was one of the best. But yeah, like I thought, like it, it, no one really talks about that one, so that should be an easy one to top. But I did not see it topped. The story is way the, better. Yeah. What about the rise of the TMNT movie or uh, that franchise? Because I've seen like clips of animation. And I know that that one looks like it went really hard. I, would, I never looked at any of that one. That one was a uh, uh, from what I've seen, it looks really good. Um. Has a lot of clean animation, a lot of clean storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'll come. I, it's gonna. It's, it's probably one of those shows that, like, down the road, I'll, maybe I'll come back to it when, like, I got nothing else to watch, and now find out. Oh my god, it was so awesome! Like I did with the uh, 2000X uh, TMNT series, which was am- the the best series, I think. Oh, the well, the 2003 uh, series. Yes, yeah, that was the best TMNT series I've seen. Uh, it yeah, that's that, that probably like the most accurate, like uh, to the spirit of the original. Uh, you can ask for. Yep, Turtles Forever. The movie was one of the best Turtles movies that's ever happened. Maybe number one. Oh, was that the one where they all cross over with the different animation styles? Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, look, it looks like uh, Mutant Mayhem has now made seventy million worldwide, which would be a catastrophe for. Most studios, but they've managed to get lots of licensing deals and not spend three hundred million dollars on their movie. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess uh, you know everything I saw like looked like it was a pretty good movie. Uh, so I guess it's impressive that they were able to um, uh, uh, keep the cost down that low. Uh, considering most animated movies, you know, are like two hundred million dollars, hundred and fifty million dollars. Personally, I uh, grew up with the 2012 series. That's mostly my uh, That's exposure. That's your, your, your canon, uh, whatchamacallit, Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. So what, what was your... Uh, I heard the 2012 series was pretty, was also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it being, like, really good. Like, uh, classic, like, 2010, like, uh, 
uh, actually good TV shows akin to like uh, its other like peers. I, yeah, I, I didn't remember. finish it, but I plan to. That what I've seen, what I watched of it was really, really good. And yeah, that was the one I was talking about with the post-apocalyptic uh, like uh, movie or special or episode. There was like one where they're like uh, all like uh, as a post-apocalyptic series, uh, 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 like uh, setting where like in one episode or one like special thing they're in like a post-apocalyptic, yeah, post-apocalyptic okay. world. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Two thousand twelve. I did not see that one. I saw the post-apocalyptic one for the 2003 episode, our series. Hmm. All right. Um, my final thoughts on Across uh, were that, like, while I was watching it, I could feel that I was hitting some kind of next level of animation. Um, every, like, from scene to scene, the action and the designs and the the action choreography, it just freaking exploded. It was so much fun and so dazzling. And like, um, I replay over in my mind um, frames of animation that I loved. And, like, I, it's been a while since I've done that for an animated movie. Um, like, my favorite frames of an- uh, animation or sequences is, like, there's, like, the final strike of uh, um, uh, 20, 20, uh, 2099 uh, Spider, where he kind of swings both his arms out to snap away Miles's, um, I think, look like a laser uh web and then like he grabs miles he shoots his web and slams him down on the the side of the the train i have replayed that just over and over like they crushed it and but yeah i did not expect the full-on got you dog um cliffhanger coming and like uh, most of like me and my friends in the theater were like, oh no, no! <laughs> there was a lot of people in the theater were like, oh my god, it's <laughs> over! No, no, no. It's which, is, which, is, which is always a nice reaction when you get like people who are like really invested into it, mm-hmm. and you get a like communal reaction, which is why I always enjoy the theater experience mm-hmm. when you've got like a super engaged uh, group of people. Because yeah, like it the the the, mo- the movie feels like the middle part of a story, so that. When the climax happened, I, my brain was calculating all the money that was happening. I was like, that's a lot of money to spend for what shouldn't be the end of the movie, because we still have a lot of things to resolve here. And it was the climax that I was seeing. Um, but now that I know it, uh, I do. I, I look forward to uh, getting the Blu-ray and listening to the, the director commentary, because, yeah, like I, 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 I want to know all about the process of hitting that next level. And um, the third movie better have Japanese Spider-Man in it, or there will be riots <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> yeah, um, that is the missing happen. thing. Yep. But yeah, fantastic movie. And the question is, will it be a live action? Oh my god! Well, yeah, they like, did have. Uh, well, they did have a live action. Yeah. yeah. Now I hope they do that. I hadn't thought of that. Um. That'd be a ooh, god, that'd yeah. be better. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, like, uh, Amy Pascal or whoever at Sony just doesn't let Chris Lord and Phil Miller, like, run their stupid Spider-Verse instead of, like, uh, I don't know, are you guys looking forward to the Craven movie? Oh, boy, I love Craven. <laughs> I, I think now they might, because, like, that fir- the first Spider-Verse movie squeaked past the uh, the line of getting a sequel. Like, it, it, it was struggling for a long time, and now they finally got their giant victory, so... I do see them probably trying to capitalize more on um, Miles' Spider-Verse. 
Yeah, but the only three, I, I, only three of those movies but, have really been worthwhile. I mean, the the first Venom was the only live action one they've done that didn't have Spider Man directly in it that actually was worth that made any money. And the two Spider Verse movies have been you know gangbusters, but Morbius, Craven coming up, and Madam Web, and it's like Craven <laughs> <laughs> and Madam Web. Oh boy, I'm Craven for Craven. <laughs> I mean, the, only, the only good thing to come out of Morbius was just that. Stupid meme movement for morbing <laughs> out. I mean, of all the freaking movies to get a meme following behind it, I never would have figured that. But the best part was that they would put it back in theaters. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can morb out. We're, we're going to capitalize on this. And like, no, sorry. Well, only a few dollars. We, we were laughing just, at you, not with you. And they tried so desperately to tie it back in the MCU with uh, Michael Keaton's vulture showing up in the oh end. Like, Why? Because, uh, like, what other mm. options do they have? Like, what they they have Spider-Man villains. This is what's hot. So either that, or they go with an original idea that no one will want to buy. Yeah, but why would you I, I make a sinister? Why would you put together a Sinister Six movie if you're not having it go against the primary protagonist? I mean. Spider-Man, there is no Spider-Man in the world they're building over in Sony. There's no Spider-Man Venom movies. There's no Spider-Man in Morbius. They have no other options. What they do, just sit on it. Just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Please just don't. Just, just don't. Maybe, you know, figure out what you're going to do, whether you're going to, like, make another deal with the uh, frickin' um, Disney uh, MCU, yeah. or you're going to, like, you know, work Tom Holland and your shitty Spider-Verse counterpart, or you can do the smart thing and, and have a new Spider-Man, and then maybe let uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller do it, or, or, or just, just do something. Just, like, these characters are not good enough to uh, last on their own and build their own cinematic universe. No one's craven for craven, and that mm. trailer was, like, the definition of, like, corporate tryhard cringe um when it comes to what mcu needs and like uh new hot talent i think yeah uh lord and miller are probably the talent they should be hunting for do you think they'd ever bothered with disney again after they were punted out from solo yes because they won't have to deal with captain candy it's still disney <laughs> uh yeah i think yeah from what i saw it seemed it was definitely like uh, Kevin Kennedy issue of not, no, no, I, I never know the specifics, but like, yeah, um, she done fires peoples and it, yeah. But they, if they go back, if they, they'll be dealing with like Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige, you probably give them whatever they want. If I were Chris, uh, if I was Phil Lord and Chris Miller right now, I wouldn't even touch the MC with a thirty foot pole until they figure their own shit out. <laughs> I think they're the. I think they're the ones that would. You, you got to find people to figure it out, and like it's them that probably could. All right, how about the? Let's close this up um, uh, and do our final like uh, enjoyments and recommendations. Uh, I, uh, Isaac. Uh, all right, so uh, you can see me at my lobster magnet. Oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Oh, oh right. sorry. Oh, oh, uh, my you, final, all right, so yeah, final recommendation. The next day, I'll say goodbye. All right, so my final recommendation. Ah, oh, crap, I just thought of another topic to waste time with, but um, well, uh, what right, else so would you What was the topic? Just my, in case. <laughs> uh, I, I saw them, the I saw them wars. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll another time. 
I, I do want to get into the ISOP wars. Uh, but all right, so my big recommendation, my final recommendation is, of course, another weeb thing. Uh, this is a little bit of a bittersweet recommendation because um, a map of the, the great white hope of uh, whatchamacallit, uh, anime studios at this uh, moment. Um, uh, they they just uh, put out the second season of their flagship show Jujutsu Kaisen, and oh man, they are just throwing everything at this. They are turning uh, this uh, shonen romp into a prestige series, and holy shit, the first five episodes, uh, next level. It, it makes me a little sad. I thought I was hoping Chainsaw Man would be there, uh, the one that like, uh, but they said that the DVD sales of Chainsaw Man weren't as good as they would have liked, even though it was profitable, which makes me a very sad panda and shows that the people of Japan have no taste. Uh, so I, I'm very sad about it and angry about that, despite the cinematic adaptation that was 100% perfect and true to the source material. But uh, the Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, uh, it is uh, top level from a top level studio at the top of their game. Uh, and I, I highly recommend it if you want to see uh, one of the big three of the current Shonen era and uh, see what the top studio is producing. Um, all, f- all fun, no filler, uh, just uh, really, really amazing material. Right. Uh, did you, yeah, I keep on seeing Jujutsu Kaisen. I've never even tried to look at it, but it's just continually popping up. So maybe I'll have to take a look. Oh, there's a reason why it's like, uh, like I said, uh, the current big three are My Hero Academia, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Some people will argue that My Hero Academia doesn't deserve that slot, but I think because it still is a successful anime and successful manga running, even though it's coming to an end, still puts it up there, and uh, Deku is on the front cover, but yeah, those are the current big three of the uh, shonen world, uh, the, the Barnstormers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen, you'll keep on hearing it because it's, uh, and it's not too difficult to get into. There's just the first season and a movie and uh, now the upcoming second season, but I, I'd say it's worth it just for the second season and the incredible level of love and care that is going into it. It's just uh, some amazing material. All right, uh, Kid Mystery, what would you recommend? Um, wait, movies or the same thing? Anything? Uh, let's see. What well, was floating your boat? Uh, movies, TV, I mean, video my... games, uh, new things and, you discovered. Do, do you want to pass for now too? Think about yeah. It. Yeah, I think I'll pass. I I have to think because not much uh, new stuff has been going on with me that I could recommend. So I have to think about that a little bit. MJ. Mine regards Apple TV. Three series in particular. Apple TV, please, please, please just leave Ted Lasso alone. You end it's the end of the series (laughs) will be end of season three, the best way you could possibly ever end it. It was an up and down third season, but you landed the ending. You you stuck the landing on the end. Just leave it alone. Still a great show. Um, Foundation. I rewatched first season before the second season started up a couple weeks ago, and I like the first season even more on a, on a second watch. But the second season has been a complete shit show. I don't know what David Goyer is thinking, and the fact that he brought in Jane Espenson, who has shown time and again from her time on Buffy, Angel, and Battlestar Galactica. She's not the tightest writer. Um, yeah. Second season of Foundation's been a shit show, so that's been a bit of a disappointment. But Silo, which was uh, previously recommended by our sound engineer, Mr. Brian Klein, uh, from the books, uh, they just ended their first season about a month ago, and that was a great series. It's a very slow burn. Um, it's kind of the uh, same post-apocalyptic um, authoritarian series, and kind of built very similar to how uh, TNT did the Snowpiercer adaptation. 
but uh, it's a lot more claustrophobic, it's a lot more involving, and it's way more interesting. So, and it has a, a legitimately satisfying answers to some questions by the end. Yeah, I know you're still kind of on the fence about that one, but uh, oh, yeah. the, the second half of the first season justifies the slow burn of the first half. It, it's very interesting, and I really hope that Graham Yost, who is also behind your other favorite series, Justified, doesn't oh, you, you didn't answer. You didn't answer the question about, does it give us some answers? It gives us the answers that are posed by the first half of the season, yes. All right, all right, all right. I'll get back to it. Yes. But, um, yeah, I I really hope that they keep up what they had going from the first season into the second season, because uh, the, the end of the second season, like, brain fuck. It was great. I loved it. Was the, um, uh, was the Snowpiercer TV show any good? It was up and down. Um, they committed the cardinal sin that way too many of these book adaptation takes of uh, doing the whole murder mystery angle. Snowpiercer leaned really hard into the murder mystery for the first season, and sadly, Silo kind of did the same thing. Um, but Snowpiercer kind of... It, it, I, I kind of put Snowpiercer on the same level as Star Trek Discovery. It's shows that I like in spite of myself. Just you, you get involved with the characters, and you stay, you stick with it, even though you know it's not quite as good as it could do with all the material that they have at hand. Uh, the Snowpiercer series isn't as good as the movie that they did, even though it's produced. Yeah, by I, I love the movie. movie. Yeah, it, um, I forget who did the uh, movie, but uh, he's, I'm Jung Hu. Thank I, you. I, I hope yes. I didn't get his yes. name wrong. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the show. He was one of the creators for the show. Oh, nice. And the last season of Snowpiercer is currently hanging in the ether because TNT canceled it, even though they completed season four. So they are looking for some place to air the final season. And I really hope they do, because they brought in Clark Gregg, a.k.a. Agent Coulson from MCU, and as another character for the fourth season, and I really want to see what they did with him. But cool. That's all I got for now. All right. Kid Mystery? Uh, here, why don't you, here, Keith, I, got, I have an idea, but why don't you go first? All right. Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. Uh, once again, I can't recommend highly enough, uh, if you're feeling the D&D bug, Get the crystal shard, see where it starts, read one of the greatest uh, writers of all time. And uh, I think that he helps people grow. Like, you'll, you'll learn about yourself through Drist and um, have a lot of fun. Uh, Justified is back. Uh, it's so much fun hanging with Raylan Givens again. Um, they have transported him from his normal uh, fantasy setting of Kentucky. Uh, it's not actually fantasy, but like it's a hyper version of Gunslinger Kentucky and now he's moved to Gunslinger Detroit and he's got new characters and just like the flow is back. Um not being blown away by it, but like average for Justified is always really, really good. And I'd say this is a little above average. It's just I miss like the regular characters that we had in the, the first season or sh- series. But yeah. So you're saying um, you're glad that Tim Alton wasn't sucked into the JJ Abrams Star Trek verse. Yes, yeah, the, he, they they definitely feel like it, it's uh, almost noticeable how uh, he gets old jokes, but uh, he has come back and still remains himself. A badass, dangerous, cool motherfucker who has the greatest one-liners. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I oh um I've had an interesting and uh experience with seeing um Darren Aronofsky's mother. Uh oh what do you think of that? Uh, I, I I haven't seen it but I've heard it's like a very did you, you get what the allegory is what what it's about? Apparently we didn't. Me and my friend uh Rebecca watched it and we had a great time. Um and so it, 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 I've had a weird journey with this movie. So we watched it and like to me the it, it was a visual masterpiece and uh, what we felt was going on in the movie uh, turned out not to be the metaphor they were going for at all, but it works better than the metaphor that they were doing. Um, what yeah. was the metaphor? Did you, did you look up what the metaphor was yeah. after seeing it? What we thought was like, we thought we were seeing some kind of like uh, kind of metaphoric uh, representation of what it's like to be the wife of a celebrity and then have a, a public miscarriage. And like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the way the movie works out, it's it's a perfect metaphor for that. And like the claustrophobia and having all these people rush into your life and and like have like your tragedy be a public spectacle. That's how it it could work. But yeah, instead, it's like retelling the Bible and like, yep, yeah, <laughs> it's a literal retelling of the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's an interesting uh, co piece with this Noah movie. Yeah, when you start looking at it like that, it's oh, God, I not as that. good. It's ham-fisted and kind of like stifled, and then like um, I, I saw like a a, uh, a red letter media review of it, and they kind of also yeah they, they did they, they they had an interesting breakdown of it. I thought that they did a, a pretty good job of it. Yep, because they broke the unfortunate mystery of Darren Aronofsky. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I like with uh like Mike on on his show, um, he mentioned how. We've always, I've always thought Darren Aronofsky was a kind of mysterious genius that came from Italy, and like he's like a foreign guy or something like that, and he's like a just like this closed off genius. And then like they they're laughing at like how they kind of showed him actually talking, and Darren Aronofsky is uh he's a regular dude. He's just some guy from Brooklyn, and he talks really plainly, and he he's just not the the uh, fiery artist that I thought he was. And therefore, I mean, he, he still he still makes like highbrow movies. <clears throat> he's still like one of the auteur directors, one of the few uh, auteur like you know. I'd still say he's up there with like you know Paul Thomas okay. Anderson and Tarantino is like uh, one of like you know the, the vanguards of adult cinema. I guess like the 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 drawback would be versus like when I hear Tarantino or, or Thomas Anderson or something like that. When I hear them talk about their movies, I do feel like I'm in the presence of a master. Uh, uh, and so Aronofsky, I did think about this, like, maybe he is really that good. He's just not that good at articulating it. Like, I, in, in now I need to hear an interview. I, I never knew that he was like, I always thought he would sound intellectual and pretentious. I didn't know he's just like, yeah, I'm just the guy from Brooklyn. I made pie. He, you know, no, no. I was about the, he, he's, he, he's the pretentious. Uh, and uh, yeah, just, but he, he sounds very regular. Like, yeah, watch the Red Letter Media Review. Uh, I'm not sure if, like, maybe they just kind of cherry picked the review interviews that he was in that don't make him seem as genius. Oh, as they're like, they're was. very good at cherry picking. But mm-hmm. um, well, <laughs> then I'll have to add Mother to uh, Requiem for a Dream, which is another Aronofsky I've not yet seen. I yeah, well, that that's I haven't seen it either. I know that's like it's supposed to be his like definitive, uh, you know, all time classic. Oh, Requiem so, for a Dream. Uh, that is like. Uh, You'll be happy to never watch it ever again. That's uh, what I keep hearing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I heard uh, the same thing about Mother too. But uh, oh, um, that, but, it uh, goes pretty hard. It goes pretty hard. But. The mind boggles if Aronofsky had won over Nolan for the Batman trilogy. 
Mm. They were <laughs> well, God, did, yeah, because they were. Did you ever hear about, about that failed uh, or that that script he had with like the the mechanic? No, no, I don't, um, I don't all right. There's this video I'll link okay. it to you guys. Uh, the, the, the called uh, making it was a shit show, and they talk a bit about Arafnavsky's Na- Batman movie, and it was like a Batman Year One where Batman is like this disgruntled uh, like uh, mechanic who like builds everything on his own. Mm. He's like this working class guy, and he's like super brutal and violent. So uh, <laughs> I don't want to make Batman. I want to make my Batman. Yep. Um, the reason it was that way is because it was written by Miller, Frank Miller. Hmm. Aronofsky was going to direct a script written directly by Frank Miller. Oh, that sounds awesome. No. No. Have you, have you read any Miller <laughs> in the last 15 years? <laughs> oh, no. 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 He fell off. Oh, he fell. Keith, Keith, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Um, if you want to cry yourself to sleep at night, wondering how the same, how the hell this was the same guy who wrote Sin City and the Dark Knight Returns. You read his Batman and Robin series that Jim oh, wrote for him. About because I'm back. the motherfucking Batman. Oh my no. god. You god. What happened, man? Although, fell off. <laughs> I, 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 I've, 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 uh, I'm the only person in the universe who liked that movie, The Spirit. I like that too, man. Oh, thank God. Ah, I hated the spirit. Dude, the, the, how wacky and just bonkers that was. I mean, I it it, had, it, it reeked fun. of Frank Miller's self-indulgence, true, yes. but I, I liked it anyway. I, yeah, it went too far, and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, um, even, it even seemed like Samuel Jackson was like, this is some fucked up shit, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's been having fun. Um, well, let's see, uh, one last thing that I'd recommend um, is uh, if you want to have uh, over the top sex trash. It's it's a it's a garbage TV show, and it knows it, and it seems to almost have fun. Uh, like it almost it almost makes fun of itself. Almost like so. Um, Al fornication? What? It, 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 I'm thinking of the idol. Yeah, idol. It? Has anybody seen it? <laughs> I, seen it? I I haven't seen it, but I've seen the discourse around Ooh, it. Can't. Like it's disgusting. Like. There's certain sex acts that they just talk about on there, and they and they don't stop talking about it, and they show the picture of it, and you're like, "Wow, that was a full episode about that." And they they, but like, there's you can see like there's comedians in like the the cast, so there's certain like dumb things that are melodramatic that would make me like hate the show and not watch it. But when they do it, you can tell that they're doing a cartoon version of it and winking very hard at you, but it's never looks like a stupid parody so well it, yeah. it's hard to say because like i feel like you know the the, the director sam levinson barry levinson's son and like the weekend are like taking it very oh. seriously and lily doe's rep is taking it oh. very seriously but maybe all the comedians on the side are like kind of winking and like nudge nudge oh. uh, but I, I think it is like it, a lot of people are saying it is like the showgirl yes. of the oh, wait, are you talking about, wait are you talking about that one oh shit i saw this video by uh old youtuber called i Eat everything oh yeah that's the same one it's the idol oh my god i just watched that video yeah. yes. about like the idol i hear I it's like really bad yeah, right, you, the you, way you, how bad he said it was made me curious, and mm-hmm. he's not wrong. But there's <laughs> there's some enjoyment to be had in that and what going that hard on being garbage trash. Uh, there was there was some fun be there was some fun to be had. It I still haven't finished the series. Um, I think it's kind of like 
<laughs> eating like you know a very unhealthy hamburger, and you, you on your like second or throwing like, ah, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. And it's kind of hard to f- keep watching it, but yeah, uh, trashy I hamburger. I, I saw a trailer for it, and I it, 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 it made me feel like I should go watch the Kardashians or something. It just, Ooh. It, it just <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no it, need. So, 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 sometimes schlock is yes. fun. I. Like I said, if if you if you if you're in the mood for sex trash, uh, it's 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 a it's a fun it's a fun ride. It's a it's definitely a ride at least. Um, you know, all right, that's I, all. I, I, yeah, I I would rather just rewatch Tank Girl. I, I've been meaning to rewatch Tank Girl for a while. <laughs> Given a choice between rewatching Tank Girl and watching modern day Kardashian inspired bullshit, trash. it's not that. It's not that sort of. It it, 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 it seems apparent. Okay, I know it's not directly in inspired or influenced by them, but it seems to pander to that audience, and I just I have no desire. <laughs> I can't tell if it's trying to pander to that audience. Like I said, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's worth another discussion. Like I said, it's, it's just shock. It's just for shock. I mean, it is. It's. It, I, I don't know. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't call it must-see at all. It's more gotcha. of like, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. if that mood hits, uh, this is where you, <laughs> this is what you want to turn on and have a good old time. If you want fleshy train wreck, here you go. Yes, fleshy <laughs> train wreck is a great way of describing it. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Kid mystery, anything? All right, my answer is a little a little artsy, but I, I I have to say at least once on this podcast, a thing I recommend the audience do: turn off the computers, turn off the TV screen, <laughs> contact a friend, or heck, maybe even contact a family member. Give, hang out with someone, go outside, and experience life without the pressures of any uh, TV shows or media or geekery, and have a, and just have fun. Essentially, Turn see what the- there's, see what's uh, life without media, and uh, just hang out with uh, your friends. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, turn off your phone. Look up into your friend's eyes, and 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 do like a Fonzie smile. Hell yeah! It's so wholesome. Although there's an inner part of me that's like, and we have connections. I've been having some good times with like trying to make more and more like regular like movie nights with friends. And tonight, and that's why I got in the podcast now. Pretty soon, uh, yeah. Tonight is tacos and Sukaban Deca night. Uh, a Japanese schoolgirl with a combat yo-yo uh, who fights cyber crimes and and drama, and it's fantastic and it's really good. And then the surprise announcement uh, is that uh, that actress is coming back for a common writer TV show. So like, I've just gotten into her now, and then also to this year, I will get to see her as like I guess my age now, and she's going to be in a comrade show so that's what i'm doing tonight and nice anyway as you're uh after you're done uh c- touching grass make sure to watch the couch command uh, podcast right after that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mj where can you find more well, 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 where can you find you more of you on the internet i am out on all the socials as mj3342 that's emjay3342 kid mystery how can we find you and your work on the internet 
Uh, well, I don't have much of a platform. I have, but uh, once I, I'll get back to you once I uh, get more of a presence. All right, and lobster kid, lobster man, how can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Lobster Magnet, my YouTube channel. Check it out. I just put out a review or a review video speculating will Hermione be black in the upcoming Harry Potter uh, series while also uh, overviewing uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, troubled history and her current uh, state and nice. political climate and what she'll do. And I also put out a video uh, talking about Skibbity Toilet, uh, so you can learn why that. Oh, God. I can't believe people found that. I was like, this, it was like my little like YouTube short. I just like find that randomly, and then like no one would talk about it, and then suddenly it just got exploded. Every like bo- boomer, Gen X, and millennial just found this little series. Oh. I just was like there, and I was like, oh my gosh! It somehow it just like everyone found this thing. And that was, Otherwise. Oh, watch my video, and I, uh, I, I explain why I think it has had such weird staying hmm. power. Otherwise known as when someone on acid starts playing with Unreal Engine. All right, <laughs> um, you can find me at Keith Justice on Instagram, at Keith Hayward on what was once Twitter is now X. <laughs> Ugh. Nice. And you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Please find us also on YouTube, Couch Command Unlimited, and subscribe. And yeah, we're out of there. Uh, Good hang with you guys. We are ghosts.